need, I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were at Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. The coach JB. What up, what up, what up, man? The real coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to a conclusion that it's crazy. Man, I made it Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it one bitty. We never change what's happening. Hurdle Lincoln. In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketable. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much, man. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the games we're missing, we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the games we're missing, we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach AB coming at you live with a proud new sponsor of the Coach AB Show with Big Smitty, and that is Factor. Factor, you see it right here. You can get it all right here. Look at this. Tropical fruit, ready meals. Hey, I'm doing it myself. It is no joke. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can have you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Too busy with summer plans to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well? Well, with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and, heat and enjoy. Then get back outside and soak up the warm weather. Ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures? Stick to your wellness goals and premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, and asparagus. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant quality options like bruschetta shrimp, risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. Ready in just two minutes. So head on over to Factor. Use my promo code JB50 and get 50% off. That's code JB50 at factormills.com slash JB50 and get 50% off. I'm just telling you right now, these right here are fire. And I'm just telling you, don't just talk about it. Be about it. This is something JB and Coach Smitty and Big Smitty, Coach JB and Big Smitty endorse fully. Tropical fruit is fire. So is the strawberry banana, mango, and all the rest of them. So head on over to Factor Meals. 
com slash JB50 and use the promo code JB50 to get 50% off at factormeals.com slash JB50. Appreciate everybody. Peace. What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB here live, 6 a.m. Pacific every single day. We are here. Proud sponsor, Factor 75. Make sure you head on over there. Um, we got to add, we got to make the ads, you know, read, but this ain't the Coach JB show without my main man, Big Smitty. Welcome, my Yeah, what's going on, y'all, man? JB, JB, you made it back alive from San Diego. How you feeling? Hey, man, long, long day hanging out with my main man, Pat Perez, on the Live Golf Four Aces. Uh, obviously, it was for a great cause, 9 11. Mm. Uh, 9-11 was a great cause, man. I got to see a lot of things, Big Smitty. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Today's a different day for JB because I'm telling you, I got to see dudes with no arms golfing, no legs golfing. And I'm sitting here hearing the complaints of folks on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and, and professional million-dollar prima donna athletes that are bitching and moaning about pitching nine innings and being pulled out of a game because they don't feel they should be in the game. And I got to play with six professional, former professional World Series champion pitchers and players yesterday, dog. Wow. And every single one of them, Big Smitty. And I'm not just saying this because they're going to come on the show. Got to meet a lot of new people yesterday. They all agree with me. They're like, it's unbelievable, dog. And you get to play with golfers, wounded vets, wounded vets, arms cut off, legs cut off. and these cats out here golfing, dog, like chilling, like fans of mine coming over and taking pictures. And I was like, man, shit, I'm a fan of yours. Uh, it was like, it was like unbelievable. And I, I just can't. I, everybody, somebody always has it worse than you and I, as we said before the show, Smitty. But you got to see it in person yesterday. It's a great thing. Pat Perez's dad, uh, he runs this thing every year. Um, and uh, it's a great deal, man, out in San Diego, right looking over the water. I mean, it was just, it was a good deal. I uh, got to hang out with some good folks and obviously put a few back, smoke a few sticks and, uh, you know, is what it is. But it was uh, it was good, man. It was a good day. But it puts oh, you in perspective, I'll tell you that. I bet, man. I, I can only imagine, man. It sounds like an amazing event, you know what I'm saying, to, to just be a part of. And like you said, being able to see that stuff firsthand, it, make, it makes you think about your own life and the, the daily things that, you know, you are you and I might complain about, whether it's, with our personal lives or the show or whatever it may be, it kind of makes you sit back and be like, man, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? These guys are out here, no leg, no arm, still living life to the fullest, still having a hell of a time and, and making things happen. So uh, shout out to Pat Perez, his dad, and the, the yeah. entire event. And I'm, I'm glad you made it back safely, man, because you didn't you didn't drive back to what? It was late last night, JB, a couple hours ago. And, and I got called bitch made cat got called every, out my name every way by pat his ass liquored up man what the fuck you leaving me i'm like homie come on dog i got a show at six i gotta drive two hours back i got dogs been out all day so uh shout out to all them man great dudes um obviously got to hang out with the owner of aqms uh hey, shout out hey. to casey uh, who will be one of our new proud sponsors. So we'll break that down once we get that in store. We'll get that to you guys. Um, but uh, quote of the day, Big Smitty, we got to get to it. Um, I just got to – I wanted to get to it. Real simple and sweet because we got so much to dive into today, obviously, after this whole uh, Monday Night Football game. Yeah. But uh, 
Quote of the day brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. Um, it's only over if you believe it's over, Big Smitty. That's the quote mm. of the day. It's only over if you believe it's over. And uh, that's just one of my own quotes. I don't know. I'm sure it's been said by everybody. I don't know. I just I just say it all the time. I just don't I believe that's true. I don't believe it's ever over unless you believe it's over. Because once you believe it's over, uh, Big Smitty, it's over. Like, shit. You told yourself. You told yourself. It's over. Like, it's all about what you tell yourself, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, uh, contrary to belief, uh, brought to you by Factor 75. Contrary to belief today, Big Smitty, man, shit. Uh, Don't let one bad moment define the rest of your life. Contrary Mm. to belief. That is something that does happen. Uh, you let one bad ma- bad moment uh, define the rest of your life. Contrary yeah. to belief, you either live your life, Big Smitty, or live through someone else's. Mm. Um, and I think we see that shit every single day uh, right now. So um, let me pull the panda up, man. That always comes down. I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> um, make sure you guys pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. Much love to everybody in the chat. Everybody, uh, appreciate you. Um, Big Smitty, I got to start off, man. I know uh, I want to get to the – I just want to bring up the poll question real quick. Yep. Um, is Aaron Rodgers' career over with? Uh, that's the poll question. Drop it, drop, it, drop it in the chat below. Drop it on the comment section as you hit the like button. Um, is, is his career over, Big Smitty, before I go on a little rant I want to go on with? Man, um, I don't want to be too early and just throw it out there and say yes because, uh, you know, we, we have seen – Again, the assumption is that it, it is a, t- a torn Achilles. I don't believe the actual report has came out yet. We'll know probably here, maybe towards the end of our show, well, the actual answer might come out. But assuming it is an Achilles tear, obviously this season will be over. It's hard for me to believe that Aaron Rodgers would end his career with an injury. I use another great example. Obviously, rest in peace to my GOAT, Kobe Bryant. Torrey's Achilles, I think, in year 17 against the Golden State Warriors. And... He pushed through and came back. Now, was he was he the same? Not at all. Not at the last, like, year, year and a half of his career was not the Kobe that we've, we've all known. But he did end his career on his own terms. So even assuming that it is the worst and it is an Achilles tear, I think the competitor that Aaron Rodgers is, the legacy that he's built, it's hard for me to believe that he would want to end his career with an, with an uncontrollable, with, a, with an injury. So... Obviously, like I said, don't want to speak too soon, JB. We'll see what happens. Praying for the best, but we all saw that that close-up angle and, and what happened, and it it, it 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 does not look pretty. And man, like a game that was so big all offseason, leading up to a game that you know, even pre-game, you see A Rod running out the field with the flag. You know, they're playing at home on 9-11, the crowd's going nuts. And then this is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen. I don't think anybody even really thought about the possibility of Aaron Rodgers getting hurt because it just it's just it was too it was too perfect of a storybook, you know, not ending, but just a story, you know what I mean? To hear and see Aaron Rodgers, he's talking about how much of a dream this whole offseason has been and how great everything has been playing with a new team, new franchise, the way the New York, New York media and fans has brought him in. All the young cats loving on, you know, we're seeing it on, on hard knocks. And to go down on the first drive with the weird play, too, because like when I first watched the play, I'm like, 
what happened? Like nothing twisted or turned. But when you do the slow-mo cam and zoom in, you see that calf and that kind of that Achilles like kind of tingle a little bit. And it's like, man, it just sucks because we watched we watched that Jets team all last night. Obviously, they pulled off an amazing win at the end. And we'll talk about the win as well as the show goes on. But watching that game just really proved to me and proved to a lot of people that, man, this Jets team is could be great. Like the defense well, was fun. The Super Bowl team, like I got all the information I needed to see last night. Good, good special teams, amazing defense, great weapons. I mean, did you see that Garrett Wilson touchdown pass? I mean, Zach wasn't completely threw the ball way too much inside. Garrett had to reach inside to basically bat the ball to himself and bring it in to catch a touchdown. Like, talk about putting the team on your back. Big time player making big time plays. Got what three picks on the other side by the safety. Uh, 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 unforced turnover by Josh Allen. We'll talk about Josh Allen later because he played horrible. But four turnovers by the defense, big time special teams touchdown that won the game, um, and, and big time touchdown catch by Gary Wilson, their best receiver. So it's like all the weathers around it. You see how you see the greatness and what it could possibly be. But the one main piece that you need goes down, and it just it just sucks to see JB. Um. Look, man, I'm, I'm emotional this, this morning because I got I'm I got to be honest. I've been talking to a lot of people about this. I'm sick and tired of seeing all this. I wanted to wait till Matt came on, but I am sick and tired of what I'm seeing, Big Smitty. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm sick and tired of all these uh, injuries, all these, uh, you know, people out here coming out talking about it's turf, it's this, it's that. Dr. Jesse Morse will be joining us in the first hour here, uh, hopefully, and talk about this Aaron Rodgers specifically. If you follow him on Twitter, you should. He was giving updates all night long. I was at a silent auction uh, after the golf tournament. We have a phone up. Pat's brother, uh, um, one of our his homeboys has a phone up. So we're watching the game, and we see him bring out the flag, and I'm like, oh, he's going to rip this shit. I, I, you know, I picked the Jets to win anyway, and uh, and then play four, that happens. And I'm like, dog, this is something that it's it's avoidable. And I'm tired of people thinking that it's the turf. I, I can't wait to ask Dr. Jesse Morris about that. I don't believe it's the turf. Uh, we've been playing on the turf for a long time, much worse turf than we're playing on right now. Right. Um, right. But I'm sick and tired, Smitty, of seeing the NFL and, and, and across all professional, all professional sports, Big Smitty. I got to be honest. Uh, this isn't professional. It's not professional no more. Like, I'm tired of hearing us say it's professional. It is leisure sports. It is leisure sports. It's an intramural activity that is being played until it's time to be thrown into the fire. Like, we're playing leisurely. When we don't participate in practice, when we don't play preseason games, it's leisure until it's time to go full speed. And that is not how the body works. It's not how it can. You can't get hit in the face like Steve Kim and Matt has talked about over and over and over and then go out and, and, and then walk around one day in the street and you've never been hit in the face and you get hit in the face. You don't know how to act. You don't know how it, it, it's callous. It actually develops tough skin. It actually gives you shock treatment, I like to call it. It teaches us some things that we've never been taught before. I got to be honest. Um, 
we're gonna go, we're gonna continue to see major stars of our sports, Big Smitty, go down like this in flames, like we just witnessed last night. I'm just telling you, it isn't just an injury, Big Smitty. It is performance as well. Mm. It is the performance as well. Like this is why I continue to stand on this hill. Um, and I got my thing over here, Big Smitty. That's why I'm looking. I got my TikTok over here. I'm going to continue to be on this hill, Big Smitty, for this reason. Um, quarterback play is at an all-time low, and this is why I say football is watered down, why the product is not good. Um, I know everybody fights me on it. I, I, you know, I, and I'm, I just, and Smitty, I'm going to be honest. I'm the first one to tell people, when you're good at something, you tell them. When you're great at something, they tell us. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm going against my word on this one because I'm tired of, taking it and taking it when I'm finally about to say, you know what? I'm actually, I'm right. <laughs> I'm right on this. Uh -uh. I'm tired of hearing that I'm not right. And I'm so glad all the people out there on the Twitter land and Instagram, I got flooded with DMs last night. Shout out to all you guys. I don't need uh proof that I'm right. I don't need a vindication. I don't need you to pat on my on the back. Cause I go against the grain all the time anyway. But for a lot of people to recognize what I've been saying, Smitty, is correct with a lot of this quarterback play, product on the field, injuries. I'm glad at least someone's listening. And I got 100 DMs last night. Uh, Josh Allen's performance from a guy who some of y'all call the next best thing since sliced bread was god-awful. Um, he continues to digress, digress, regress. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, um, Joe Burrow having the game he had. Daniel Jones looking as horrible as he did. Dak Prescott looked bad, Vic Smitty, but guess what? 40 to nothing game covered it up yep. to the casual fan out there. The lack of playing the sport that pays them generational wealth, Big Smitty, is now biting you in the ass, player. Karma is a thing, Big Smitty. Karma is a real thing. And I know you believe in karma in, in, in biblical terms. I do too. But karma's a big thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. This sport that you and Matt, Big Smitty, call a business and say that we should play when we can. And, and what up, what up, what up? It's the real Coach AB for the Coach AB Show with Big Smitty. Prize picks is here to announce football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight. For playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into 1000 with pro basketball, pro hockey, and college basketball entries today. On Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. Please make sure you follow along on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty and download the app today and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Peace. And we want to is now biting y'all in the ass. Continue to bite the hand that feeds you in life, Big Smitty, and see if it doesn't eventually bite back. Mm -hmm. The lack of preparation, playing the actual game, getting actual reps, and going through the actual act 
of playing the game and sport at a high level are costing not only great players their possible futures, but it is costing the greatest game on planet Earth to suffer and the fans to witness the worst football of my generation. Big Smitty, I am so sick and tired of watching quarterbacks with headsets on the sideline during preseason games. When they get hurt thinking they are equals, thinking they belong in the conversation of coaches, and thinking that they are the shot callers. When it comes to having input and on a must-know basis, Big Smitty, you're not on a must-know basis. You are on a need-to-know basis and a request basis. You make tons of money to perform and do one job, Big Smitty, not two jobs. We're asking you to do one job, play quarterback, not two jobs, be a fucking coach and a quarterback. I'm so fucking tired. You're not a coach, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. Put the headset down, get your ass in the game, and stop acting as if you're someone equal to a GM and a head coach. You're not. It's ruining the fucking game and the sport. I'm so tired of seeing the shit. There's no hierarchy anymore. Y'all think you're equals, yet you make 10 times more money than the coach. Mm. I'm just telling you, Big Smitty, maybe, just maybe, Big Smitty, we could have our sports back the way they were meant to be played, which is violent, hard, demanding, a struggle, uh, and the deserving play, the undeserving don't. The deserving guys play the game, Big Smitty. They get to earn it. They earned it. They deserved it. They play. The undeserving, they don't get to play. And it's not easy. This ain't for everybody. And we used to have a saying, that's why girls didn't play the game. They mm -hmm. do now, of course, I understand. I'm not saying that they can't play. All I'm telling you is there used to be a saying back in the day. This is why women didn't play the game. Because it was violent, Big Smitty. Women didn't want to play the game. They wanted to watch the game. Now we think that it's equal all across the landscape. It's not, dog. I'm tired of seeing kids with headsets on the sideline under thinking they're engaged in this play calling. You're not. Play the game. You got one fucking job. Play the game of quarterback that you're being paid millions of dollars, generational wealth. But you want to you you have input on the game, coach it, GM it, and play? Homie, I need you to play for me. I don't need you to coach me. I'm the coach. You're the player. Go sit your ass down somewhere. And I'm tired of seeing it. I think it's a direct correlation. All this raveled into one. I'm telling you why we're seeing injuries. I'm telling you why you're seeing horrible play. It's because you're not getting hit in the mouth. You're not getting the reps. You're not in live fire. You're not understanding what it takes. And for the body to go from cold to hot like this, it's just not good. You got more injuries than you've ever had before in NFL history on week one. You got more soft tissue injuries. Dr. Moore's going to come on. Hamstrings, Achilles, calves. Dog, what do I know? Y'all want to just blame the turf? How about blame not playing? How about blaming not playing the actual sport that you chose to play? You love to play. How about we play the game again? You know, Tom Brady played preseason games most of his whole career and played all the time, played as much as he could. He never had this happen. I'm tired of seeing this shit, dog. I'm tired of the excuses. Quarterback play is at an all-time low. I don't. You cannot tell me otherwise. I don't care who it is. 
I'm going to stand on that hill. Play and football is at an all-time low. And RYN says you stretch before you work out. That's a fallacy. No, you don't. See, that's what people don't understand. Y'all don't get it. You don't stretch before you work out. It's actually against the science. You do dynamic warm-up. Get the body blood boiling first. You stretch after you work out. I got a great video I can show you about it. I'm just telling you, man, I'm tired of seeing it, Big Smitty. You're seeing the game deteriorate in front of your very eyes. And I just had to start off with a daily rant because that one right there hurts me to see a guy that's so great going to go down because all I saw for three preseason games, and then you see a fucking week off before the season, you see Aaron Rodgers with headsets on, chilling, casual fanboy on the sideline with the coaching staff like he belongs. Take your ass over there, homie, and sit down and watch the game and talk to your teammates and stop acting as a coach. I love when Dak Prescott got hurt. He was on a headset all day. I'm tired of seeing you on the headset, homie. You're a player. You got hurt. Go sit your ass somewhere. There's no hierarchy. There's no real definitive difference between player and coach, yet they make more money. So guess what? Do your job and do it great. Because your ass is not getting – Josh Allen, you're not worth a pot to piss in. A little less $250 million. And I'm tired of seeing these overrated, hyped-ass quarterbacks just because they can jump over somebody and run over somebody at 6'4", 240 at quarterback, and everybody thinks they're the best thing. They're not the best thing. They're the best athlete. They're fucking horrible at quarterback. And I'm tired of anybody else telling me different. I know the position better than 99% of y'all out here, and I know how the game's supposed to be played and how they win this game. And this ain't it. This ain't fucking it. And it's horrible. It's a slap in the common fan's face. For all you motherfuckers out here betting on all these players, it is driving the derivative up because everyone that's betting has made everyone else think that this is good football. This ain't good football, dog. It's the worst football I've ever seen. Because the betting out there, you think on DraftKings and FanDuel that y'all know football, and you're betting so much that you think this is the real-life thing. Oh, Josh Allen got me 20 points. Motherfucker, he was horrible last night. You got 20 points on DraftKings because he threw a touchdown late and threw for 250 yards, and he was the god-awful. But DraftKings don't work that way, dog. But y'all think he's really good. He's not. I'm done, Big Smitty. It's your turn. I just had to get that in, dog, because I'm tired of seeing it. I wanted to do that with Matt. But I didn't have time to wait. Um, we can I, bring it, it back up with Matt when he comes back on, man. I appreciate you saying that because I actually do agree with a lot, a lot of what you're saying. Like with anything, if you if you're not doing the 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 work, then you won't be prepared. This point blank period, as simple as playing. So if you're not, if you're sitting out for practices, if you're not playing in the preseason, if you're not, you know, if, if you're over resting, you can't go from zero to 100 and expect your body to not have problems. So I'm not saying that's exactly what correlates to Aaron Rodgers' injury specifically because I do want to – my only little nugget against that is that Aaron Rodgers is a vet who's been playing for damn near 20 years. So he kind of is that tweener who came into the league, kind of more of that old-school old style of play and in, in, in practice in two-a-days, and he, he, he kind of put in his work, right? And then in his later years, as he already – been proven is when he started to set out preseason games and kind of change the way that, that he practices. So I don't know if it's a direct correlation for Aaron Rodgers specifically, but overall the brand of football 
the reason why week one we're seeing a bad brand of football is because guys are are not playing guys aren't practicing as hard they're not taking practice seriously the star players they get to sit out because they do have the leverage and listen i always speak from a player's perspective i always uh preach get your money get your money get your money because ultimately this football thing it stands for not for long as nfl stands for it's not for long so i always preach get your money but i gotta be real a lot of time when these players do get that big bag you, you you naturally just not gonna not gonna be as hungry. You're not gonna want to work as hard. You're you're not gonna uh, care about that practice as much as much as you would have cared about. So it's kind of like a catch twenty two. Where to me back in the days, people were like players were overworking and doing too much and playing with broken legs, and, and I think that's a little too far. But now I think we're overcorrecting. Now players are getting all the money and they're barely playing at all, not practicing, not doing preseason. So I think there's like a fine line between the old way of doing things and how we're doing things now. And I do think we will revert back to some point because everything in this world is full circle. And I do think at some point we'll get back to this this fine line, this balance. I just don't know when. Hey, let's get let's get Doc in, man. Doc's here. Uh, let me get this off the screen. How do I get reaction? I got, right? you, I got you. I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. Um, Dr. Morris, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, man, I'm, 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 I'm blessed. I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of people to follow you on Twitter. I was with a lot of professional athletes yesterday playing in a, a big-time uh, Wounded War veteran 9-11 golf tournament with my buddy Pat Perez and a bunch of guys, John Daly and so on and so forth, pro, pro baseball players, a couple ex-pro football players. And I got them to follow you yesterday. Uh, appreciate we that. Aaron Rodgers deal while we were doing the silent auction after the golf tournament. When he went down, I went right to your page, and you already had a video up instantaneously. I was like, "Man, this guy's on it. Love your <laughs> love your stuff." Um, I just went on a daily rant, man, to start the show because I, I played the position. I had a cup of tea in the league. Two of our guests every every week: Eric Weddle, Super Bowl champ; uh, Matt McChesney, seven year vet in the league. We go back and forth. Weddle's on my side. Matt is kind of hit and miss on both. He, he's he's against me sometimes. He's with me, and he loves to hear your take, but. I don't know if it's just turf anymore. Uh, Willie Anderson, longtime NFL Hall of Fame to left tackle. We we go back and forth at it uh, discussion too. He don't believe it's a turf. He said we played on worse turf than this shit. He goes, this is the this is becoming a a lack of preparation, overpaying, uh, lack of preparation and buying and investment in your body, and then you have not playing like you know as I know, Doc. If I if I don't get hit in the face and I go in the alley and get in a street fight and finally get hit in the face, it's not it's no callus developed. Uh, I think we're just uh, walking into a, a a a fire and you know the body don't go from cold to hot like that in, instant over over a, a few minutes, and I think we're struggling. Um, is that just what happened last night to Aaron Rodgers? Just not playing? I, I'm just so tired of not seeing. I want to see him play, man, because it's a game we play. Um, and it's a violent game, and, and I don't think uh, sitting on the sideline with headsets on for three weeks and then just jumping into a game against a Buffalo Bill team is uh, conducive for the success of the league. Yeah, no, unfortunate to say the least. A very uh, kind of quick bang-bang play. Um, initially, look, he did have a calf strain on uh, August 15th, I believe the date was, on the same side, left side. So maybe that was a little predisposition. He had a right calf strain earlier in the, I think it was OTAs. So obviously he's got a couple things going on. Um, and then, you know, he's about to turn 40. So obviously a lot harder to heal at 40 than it is at say 22 or three or whatever. But Rogers has always been able to stay really healthy. 
um, besides breaking both clavicles and re requiring repairs, I mean, he's missed time from a concussion and COVID. That's his entire career since 08. Mm. Pretty impressive. Um, yesterday was kind of a fluky play, a combination of the wet field, him getting sacked and the guy landing on it and causing this excessive amount of force. Maybe that calf strain, which was, which do not heal well in, in anyone. They're just very poor healing, uh, gave enough of a give. And then the Achilles just gave the rest. Um, my biggest concern, and, and, and we can see the same thing with J.K. Dobbins the day before, is that these are relatively easy to screen for, very easy to screen for uh, with using ultrasound. I mean, I literally can tell you within 45 seconds, putting an ultrasound on an Achilles, even not even, you don't even need a good ultrasound. Um, how, how the quality of it is, it where, you know, wh what we call the watershed area, which is where it usually tears, uh, how that quality looks. Um, and, and, and then the question becomes, do you be proactive or do you be reactive? Um, you know, we're, we're, we saw a couple guys already go down with similar combinations uh, to, to Dobbins. You know, we had Tariq Cohen a couple of years ago, had that weird one that we saw live, which was scary. But, um, you know, and, and then Justice Hill did his, uh, who actually replaced Dobbins. And then and now we have uh, Rodgers, obviously. The only quarterback that I can remember, and I need to even remember, someone mentioned it to me, that tore his Achilles was Dan Marino. Hmm. In 93, and he was 32, three. I think he played for five or six more years. Um, it's just not a common injury. I, I mean, there's been a lot of harping about about the uh, the turf. I, I, I definitely have some concerns about turf because when you're wearing cleats and you're running in in, in, in grass, think of, of, of what happens to the grass as the cleat goes through it. You can displace that energy through the grass. You can't do that on turf. It's, it's, it's like a combination of uh, asphalt and like rubber. So it basically holds your cleat wherever it is. So it doesn't displace that energy and you can't kick it out and, and you know, tear that turf, you know, as you could tear grass. And as a result, remember, it also has concrete underneath it. So there's no, you're not displacing energy really. Yes, it's ideal for being pretty and you don't have to maintain it. But unfortunately, in my opinion, it leads either directly or indirectly leading to more problems. Um, and we've seen more and more injuries specifically at this MetLife Stadium. Uh, which do, you, do, you, do you see more soft tissue and things like like we saw last night or, or is it more concussion based with the turf? I think I think I mean, you have a hell of a time proving it. Um, we've tried it. I don't think the data is clear cut, but I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, we've seen two hit his head uh, and it wasn't an overly vicious hit, but he did bang his head. And unfortunately uh, that caused a concussion that was, that was uh, on, on turf. Um, but you could also do that in Buffalo outside in, in, in the, you know, December, and it would be equally as hard uh, per se, but that, that would react to tissue. Uh, you know, soft tissue would be a lot easier to displace if it was grass, regardless of the weather. Whereas, you know, the turf is the turf regardless of the weather. Uh, and obviously it's indoors usually. Um, but it's just, you know, his entire career to make it to this and then what, four plays in or whatever it was, like Man. it was just, you know. And, and, and the way the way they played out because they helped him off. Uh, he got into the cart. You could see his leg, uh, right leg extended, left leg was kind of up. So you couldn't really see him doing much. And then the next time we saw him, he had that Cam Walker boot on and he was 
walking or relatively walking. So it was a little bit misleading because if you have a full thickness Achilles tear, you cannot what we call plantar flex. So basically no put way. your toes down. So, yeah. uh, and you, you can almost make the assumption, oh, it, the Achilles was okay because he, without reviewing the video, because he was able to put his foot down. But that's deceptive because the boot is allowing him to do that, not the Achilles. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you, when you make a quick conclusion, you're like, oh, and then you had to step because they're, they're focused on x-rays and fracture. And that's such a bang, bang play that could have been calf. That could have been Achilles. That could have been an ankle fracture. That could have been a Liz Frank. There's so many different things that that could have been when you slow it down and break it down and analyze it when you have the luxury of 10 different views. Okay, then it becomes much more obvious and easy. But when you're looking at it in two seconds, eh, it's not that obvious. You know? Hey, Doc, can you break right. it down for us? Sorry, Smitty. I got this film I want to show you, and I'm, I'm on this rant. I, I, I got to let Smitty talk here. I've been talking. No, you're good. You're good. Rogers. A little slow up that we got. Um, and I wanted to just kind of – I know everyone's talking about they're seeing the pop through the white in the sock and all this. Yeah. It's down. Yeah, right, right there. there. Yep. Green kind of is what I see move. Yeah, so – yeah, go ahead. Think of, think of the, the, the Achilles is a huge elastic band, like probably thicker than your thumb. It's really thick. And, and unfortunately, when it tears, wherever the, the displacement of energy, usually you see it in basketball players because they don't have socks on but or high socks. So when that happens, you see that displacement energy, and usually it goes up because it's still attached to the calf. At, mm. at the bottom, it, it doesn't traditionally tear uh, and go down because there's, it's still attached to the upside. It really doesn't have any weak points where it attaches to the calf. Its weakest point is in the watershed area, which is about two to three inches above the, the, the heel, basically. And then you can tear it at the insertion point, but it's pretty uncommon. It just doesn't really happen. Um, so that's when, when you see that, that, that's the energy ricocheting up. And, and when you slow it down and you see it in a perfect angle, it's like, yeah, okay, that's obvious. Man. So, it, so your, your professional opinion, it's Achilles. Yes, I would be astonished if it wasn't. Mm. And that was going to be my question, JB. I, I just wanted to get that cleared. I know we haven't heard the official report yet. I'm sure we'll hear, we'll hear that pretty soon. But, yeah, I, you pretty much said, I mean, we, we'd be shocked if it wasn't that. And uh, and I think up. they did. Uh, people were asking, why haven't they announced it yet? And I think it was out of respect for the game. Because, mm. as you notice, the game was still going on. They knew this. They knew this way before. But they didn't want to take the attention away from the game. And then once the game finished, like five minutes later, Rap Sheet reported, hey, it's an Achilles. So then you yeah. then you can, all right, the game's over. You've appreciated the chaos. They've already shifted their attention, unfortunately, back to the injury. And then you could now you could have that media storm. But if you had it during the game, a lot of minds would be diverted from the game right. to the injury, confirming the injury. They knew that with what we call a Thompson test. Squeeze the back of your calf. If your toes go down, your calf's fine and your, your Achilles is fine. If it's not, then there's a very good chance that you mm. tore it. You can get x-rays. You can see sometimes a little shadowing on there. Um, and then ultrasound, as I said, is very quick, very easy. Usually they have them on the sidelines, um, and, and you just throw it on. If there's a huge disruption or a lot of swelling and fluid, it's, it's, it's pretty much obvious. Most stadiums do not have MRI, and that's why they usually wait until the following day um, as a result. Yeah, the x-rays mean, meant really nothing. That's why I saw that. I was like, that really don't mean anything. Yeah, got right. I, Doc, I got to take before – I know Smitty has a few questions, and I, we don't want to hold you up. I know you're busy doing this stuff. Um, uh, let me ask you this. The, the way he was tackled, 
the NFL is taking away the horse collar because not only it's not because of the upper extremity, it's because of the femur being snapped, the calf, the, the Achilles, different things like that. We've been doing it for a long time. I used to stress it. I call this lack of preparation and the, the lack of putting on, I call helmet condoms for this lack of concussions in practice. But we, when we don't hit and we don't run through tackles and we don't form up and fit up and tackle properly, what you get is a lot of cartilage tears, a lot of ligament damage in the fingers because we're grabbing jerseys because we're not facing up the tackle and we're reaching and grabbing. He gets grabbed down from the back. All the weight goes straight to his lower extremity, which we yep. don't want to I am blaming the, the league and the and Roger Goodell's uh, the way that we allow preseason and the way we allow practice. It's bad football, Doc, and I think we're seeing more injuries than we've ever seen before because of the rules and the bylaws that are in place now. Uh, and it started with kickoff and kickoff return, and I believe that if you, if, you, if you make a violent sport and you try to put a happy medium on it and say, oh, we don't hit this hard, don't hit right here, you're going to get more injuries. A am I crazy for saying it? No, I think you're right. I mean, they, they basically bartered and say, hey, we'll take away a preseason game if you can have another regular season game. You know, it's a money game. We know that. There's no, there's really no questions about that. So, unfortunately, they're limiting their time in preparation, which is used for preparation and, and used for, you know, preventing injuries. Um, and, and, unfortunately, it's tacking it on to the regular season. We have a tendency to see an increase in soft tissue injuries in the preseason and in the first six weeks of the regular season. We see it every year, and unfortunately, we, we look back and it's like, yeah, it's the same as it was last year. We just, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, unfortunately, this is a big injury, and obviously, regardless of when it happened, it's still a big injury. Um, but, yes, I agree that, that the game has changed dramatically, and I was reviewing the ACL recoveries and, and really volumes of running backs, uh, rushes, since 2000, and the difference in volumes is insane. They used to have running backs back in the early 2000s. They were going for 380 to 400 touches a year. No problem. Year in and year out. You don't see that. There's like 10 guys over the past 10 years who have had over 380 touches for, as a running back. Like, it just doesn't happen. And, and those guys were able to do it, right? And that's were the they any down on running back, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's like they've shifted the game. We, we know that. It's more of a passing game, but. But nonetheless, I, I just find it fascinating that uh, they've shifted the amount of volume and the guys are getting hurt more or relatively more now. And I'm, I don't know if I can explain it easily. I don't I can't explain it easily. Right, right. And, and, I, and I don't know if you have the numbers. You probably don't have the numbers in front of you. My, my follow-up question to that is like, what is the difference in numbers that we're seeing in terms of the injuries compared to now versus, you know, a 2004 or 2003? Like, it's like to me, that is pretty – astonishing to hear that people are getting hurt more doing less it just, it sounds yeah. crazy but it makes sense though too well i mean i think this can become a snowball but i think a lot of it has to do with uh overall our diet our toxicities some of our right. other stuff where we're just not metabolically healthy and and as a result we don't heal as well there's a lot more you know phosphates and GMOs and a lot of other stuff, which is not allowing these guys to eat healthy, not allowing them to recover and heal. And as a result, it's a lot harder to stay healthy because they just, they're not getting the same quality of food. I know it sounds kind of silly, but that's part of my practice is what I deal with a lot of this not other really. crazy stuff. 
you know, and, and when you look back 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have a lot of the same issues uh, in terms of all these modifications. And I think, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's impacted our athletes, just like our non-athletes and regular people. But we may be seeing that. I don't think you'll ever be able to prove it per se, but it's definitely an interesting different so, thought process and maybe a way to maybe a way to look at it. No, definitely. Just for clarity. So, cause like, I know back in the days, like players would, 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 would wouldn't always have the best diets either. They, they would go out here and eat like, you know, all types of snacks and, and food and whatever, but Taco Bell, Taco, like whatever, but <laughs> you're not talking about necessarily what the players are choosing to eat. You're saying just the way the food is literally made today. Correct. Back in the day, that's what's Correct. causing the issue. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Correct. Yeah, there's a there's a lot a lot of the foods that we eat are really pro-inflammatory. Even if it's a healthy food, it's how it's made is not healthy. Mm. There's a lot of uh, inflammatory oils. There's really only two that aren't olive oil and avocado oil. Everything else is pro-inflammatory. All those other oils that you that that things are made out of uh, are all uh, genetically made. They're they're not healthy. They're modified. And 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 in my opinion, they're probably causing some low-level inflammation. And, and eventually building up to the point where these tissues can't heal as fast and handle the load that we're asking them to handle, even though it's less of a load than they used to be able to handle. Hey, Doc, I, I'm the crazy one on the on the edge here that I've, 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 I've come out, and I know I don't want to dive into this uh, wormhole or rabbit hole with you too much. I will dive into it weekly, but little by little, because this might be a lot. But I've, I've come out and said, I say it jokingly as like, meaning Taco Bell is like the fast food I always say it. I go, hey, man, it's it's the weed and the Taco Bell. I always say that, right, jokingly. But I've talked to certain doctors. I had a couple on the show. My mom's a doctor. And there is some truth that I've found out through data and some research that the marijuana that these cats are smoking now, I just want to ask you, it's a chemical-based marijuana. It's not what we grew in the in the yard here and we're smoking it straight. It's it's pineapple vape, and it's, it's all these yeah. different. There's no way that stuff is 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 <laughs> organic or healthy. There's just no way you can probably tell me. probably but not. I mean, listen, in your opinion at all, have you even thought about this? Because I brought it up and I've been the crazy one. I, on I the haven't. Hill. I haven't thought of it directly, but you know, if you think about it, a lot, all of these are are, are are genetically modified and making them potent and all these strains. That's not my cup of tea, so I don't know the details of it. But um, you know, a lot of the guys smoke. That's just who they are and what they do and then maybe how they're used to acclimating to pain or just society or whatever. But um, that may play a role in it as well. I think there's, it's multifactorial. I don't think it's one single thing. A lot of these guys are still training. Uh, and, and a lot of these guys, are they being proactive in the off season? Are they just chilling? Let me ask you this though, doc is, is, is marijuana. Do you know, I just don't know if you've ever done the research. Do you know, if it has a direct correlation with bone marrow density or anything, because the doctor told mm -hmm. me it could, it could be directly affecting the bone marrow, the density of, of why you see a lot of these stress fractures, a lot of I, these different soft tissue issues that are connected to those bones. I did a lot of research and came out one day on the show and said it, and everyone thought I was crazy, but I've been coaching a long time, been playing a long time, Doc. I've never seen marijuana benefit a player while they were playing ever in my life i've only seen bad things i i, I can't say I, it's fascinating I, I never looked into it i don't know the data on it but i wouldn't be surprised uh, i'm about to go do a bone marrow procedure in a minute so bone marrow is very relevant to me and very relevant to us this is what we use to heal ourselves this is where the stem cells from from our tissue come and heal so if your bone marrow is poor 
or not as good as it used to be, uh, then it's not going to be able to heal our body as well as it technically should. And even though with each decade, our bone marrow uh, and our stem cells and our bone marrow decline, these guys are 20s. Their, their bone marrow is perfect or should be perfect. Um, you know, so is there something that's modifying the, um, the bone marrow quality or, or, you know, a myriad of different things? The other thing that I, I think is very important is vitamin D level. Mm. You want to see a scary number, scan the average, even pros, regular people, don't matter. Scan them and check their vitamin D level. It should be between zero and 100 is the scale. Ideally, I like it in the 60 to 70 range. I would say seven, 60 to 70% of people are under 40. Because everyone's inside in the house now doing this. No one's going outside yep. getting natural sunlight. You don't see kids yep. outside playing, adults. Yep. And again, I'm guilty as, as everybody else. I'm on this thing 24-7, partly because we in today's world, you, you kind of got gotta be in order to work and, and keep up with everything. But everyone just got their heads down tight, but no one's outside anymore. You know, it, it's funny you say that, but it's I I, I hear so often, uh even my chiropractor tells me to go outside and get more vitamin D and same thing with my wife as well. And, uh, man, I, it's definitely crazy to, to just hear how just things have changed, JB, from early 2000s, 90s, of course, to now. Some of it is controllable with this our, our own athletes. But like Doc says, some of this stuff is uncontrollable. And it's just like, hey, the way that they're making our foods now, JB, like the way you eating baked chicken back in 01 and eating baked chicken now – maybe two totally different things with all the GMOs, the steroids and all that stuff. And it just kind of sucks because as an, as an American, I mean, what can you do? I mean, unless you're going to go farm your own food, I don't really see a solution. It's crazy. I went to Jamaica, JB. And I mean, all that if you, before you say the Jamaica thing, here, yeah. here's just what he posted mm. Two, 15 running backs have torn their Achilles in the NFL from 2010 to 2021. As of 2023, 11 of the 15 running backs' careers are over. So, man, uh, out of the 11 running backs whose career ended, 91% of the running backs who suffered Achilles tears from 10 to 16, all of their careers ended with that in that season. So, he's showing – he has the data pulled up on this thing. He has a full workup on his Twitter Make sure you guys follow his Twitter. Yeah, um, that's that's some great insight, man. Um, that was great, yeah. man. That was great. I learned a lot just in what 15 minutes right there by Dr. Jesse Morris, man. Shout out to you. And I'm so glad we got him on weekly. Obviously, the injury was unfortunate, of course. We never wish injury on nobody, but I, I I am we are blessed to be able to have an actual doctor or sports physician to come on here and educate us and give us more insight. He said he would be shocked if it was not a torn Achilles. So, man, prayers up to Aaron Rodgers. Um Real quick, going back to my thought, what I was saying was it's crazy how the food is just made so much differently here compared to other places. I, you know, I, I went out to Jamaica a few weeks ago, as you guys know, ate all types of food, chicken, rice, beans, whatever. Come back, I didn't get, I, I think I lost weight. I didn't put a, a, a pound on the scale. If I would have ate that same exact thing, but ate it in America, probably would have put on 20 pounds. It's because the way that, that they make their food in other places is totally different than they make it here. They make it here with the goal to make you addicted so you can keep buying, keep keep doing, keep getting it, and they don't care about the actual health. And I think we are seeing that with players. They're thinking they're healthy. They're thinking they're eating the right foods. But in reality, because of all the additions to these foods, they're actually harming their bodies more. I think 
I think that's the cause. I think the, the turf could be a cause based upon what, what the doctor said, the lack of preparation. And then also, JB, we got to throw this out there. Sometimes, like, it's just bad luck, too. Like, you know, we all play the sport for a long time. Sometimes you can't prepare for everything. Sometimes things just happen. And Aaron Rodgers had a lot of weight put on his body. And Aaron he's the quarterback. He's, he's not the – you know, quarterbacks aren't, aren't the biggest, strongest, most muscular guys on the field. So that was kind of one of those weird bang-bang plays. and but That's why I brought up the tackling, dog. Like, yeah. we're, we're, it's horrible. We're, we're, we're grabbing folks more than ever because we're scared to put a hat on somebody because of the rules. Right. And nobody wants to break that shit down. Like, we're grabbing, we're ripping cartilage and ligaments. Doc, he was like, I didn't even think about that because I see it every day. Sometimes the coach's perspective is what some of you motherfuckers need. Like, it's horrible play. It's horrible football. Like I'm, I keep telling you, I'm standing on this hill. Listen, just because we're the greatest athletes doesn't mean that it's not bad football. It's not a bad product. Right. Like I could be in the fastest car, big Smitty, and I just fucking turn left and run into a wall. It doesn't mean it was a great performance. I just ruined the best car on the fucking track. We are ruining Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Daniel Dine. I mean, I'm seeing the worst player ever by freaks of nature. But then on defense, you can't really see a guy. What, 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 who is a banger nowadays, Big Smitty? Who is a banger on defense? You Fred Warner. Fred Warner. We don't know, though. <laughs> I hear you. Man, I let's go you. right into Big, uh, Big Matt, man. Matt, what's up, man? I don't know if you got to watch that, Matt. We had Dr. Morris on. He's going to come on every Tuesday. He broke down a lot of good shit last night. Um, I, I, I'm very emotional today because of this Aaron Rodgers thing, but um, I, I let off with a rant, Big Big Matt, uh, because I'm just tired of seeing it because I think it is avoidable to a, to an extent. Um, I don't know if last night's play is avoidable, but I'm on this rant, Big Matt. You can, you can humble me or, or you can agree. Um, I, I think it has to do with the lack of preparation and playing, obviously, in the fire. And I also believe it's bad football. It's bad tackling. It's bad mechanics. Because of the rules Roger Goodell has put into place that injuries are happening because uh, of the bylaws and the fucking soft play that we're so scared of in a gladiator sport. There used to be a saying, Matt, this is why women don't play the game. There was a reason for that saying, not any, uh, no offense to women now, but when we started to say that everybody could play, I've really seen a drop off in the game's um, physicality. Well, I don't know if there could be a worse Tuesday. Um, I know. It's horrible. Just as an NFL vet and a guy who dealt with injuries, everybody's, you're going to get hurt. I mean, it happens. But the more you think on the football field and the more you go half speed rather than full or even 80%, the more you get hurt. I got, I don't think I ever, I only got hurt going full speed maybe twice. Like my, knee, my knee was rolled up on in a game against the Seahawks when I was with the Dolphins, tore my entire knee up. I was just out of the play. I was just standing there and just rolled into me because the tight end wasn't going full speed. You know, I stepped- yeah, that's my job. That's why you yell at your old lineman and D lineman to continue to run through the whistle, right? So they don't run. Yeah. But like, even like the play was over, the whistle was blown. People were just standing there and I just got rolled up into. So, like, 
I stepped on someone's foot in practice who was going half speed while everybody else was going full speed. So look, I, I, I don't understand what the NFL is trying to do. If you want guys to play football and if the players want to play football and not this bullshit that we're watching, because that was the worst opening weekend of the NFL I can ever remember. It was atrociously terrible in every aspect. Tackling was awful. Quarterback play is, bro, I am so disgusted with the quarterback play. Tua and Herbert balled, but I need to see it next week to see if it was just bad defense or if I think they're both pretty good. I am, I, it was awful, awful quarterback play. Awful effort. Just the, an extension of the preseason in division games. That's what the NFL is selling now. So all these division games that were awful and looked like preseason games with starters making multi-million dollars because they don't want to put in the work and they'd rather negotiate time off than time in. You'd rather negotiate the ability to go on vacation rather than the ability to earn it, earn the vacation. So I just come from a different era where like there were five guys on the practice squad and I had to take every rep every week. And if I wanted my flowers and my pension which i earned i had to earn it i had to do my job i had to be super physical it was you know like there were no fucking t-shirt practices and hoodies it was always full pads we were always working and did guys get hurt yeah but not like this not at this i want to be the one to break news like you and i and smitty on this show i think really Really show on internet. Uh, we're we're over almost at eleven hundred people live. I appreciate everybody pound the like button. Make sure you head on over to Six Zero Academy. Get the Six Zero bag. Uh, follow Matt. Follow Big Smitty on Twitter, Instagram. Both of us TikTok. We're all every everywhere. Uh, appreciate you guys making this show what it is. Um, I want to I want to get into and end up breaking the news on this show since it is the realest show, Matt. Like, I want to at some point. I want us to be the ones that find out why. This is happening. Why I've been saying football is so bad. Why is injury so high? What'd you say? This is what I think. When you when you play, when you think constantly about your target and where you're stepping, and if your fucking head placement's correct or your hand is too far outside enough, like everybody on the field's thinking, bro. Everyone's trying to process all this information all fast because they don't even know the players don't even know the rules. I don't think the refs even know the rules. Like, and Matt, I, you're seeing a lot of grabbing, right? We're seeing yeah, a lot of grabbing. Objective, like there's guys that are thinking instead of reacting and being proactive because they are so concerned about getting fined and being dubbed as dirty by the super soft media that covers this sport that shouldn't be covering it. Go cover tennis, like. Look, I when football started catering to people that don't like football, they ruined the game. Like when when it was when it, I agree with you, when it was sold to as an everyone sport, it destroyed what it really is, which at the bottom line, at the pure bottom line of the sport, it's about the ability to persevere through adversity and play through being hurt and be more than a man. That's what being football, that's what Max Crosby is more than a man. You know, like, you you want to put two guys on him? That's cool to put on one dude, but he ain't a dude. He's a fucking monster. So, like, when you that question that you were asking Smitty before I came on, that's the only guy I can think of that answers that question. Him and maybe Aaron Donald when he was young. 
I just I look at this entire situation and I'm I'm disgusted for Aaron Rodgers. I'm like heartbroken as a Jet and for the Jets. I'm just it was the most deflating moment of my entire life watching the NFL. Like right. I felt like I did last year when like I hate to say this, but like the Buffalo game, that was a super deflating moment. This isn't the same thing, but it's the death of a team. I mean, the Manhattan Milf Hunter played well last night and they did win, but the rest missed a blatant trip and like the the it was just a super sloppy, shitty game. Josh Allen looks like he's getting worse. I mean, that was the worst game I've ever seen him play, and he played all preseason. So I just think that we are we are teetering on the edge of NFL diehards, people that really love football, looking at it and going, this isn't football. This isn't what I played, and this isn't – I'm going to go watch college where I can at least invest in my alma mater and, like, that's – it's important. Like, Ball State's important to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the NFL yeah. is a business. Like, people are like, well, aren't you upset? And I'm like, I'm disgusted about the outcome and the turf and, like, all the bullshit that the NFL portrays as safe and then they don't play on grass. And, you know, like I think that the fact that the players would rather negotiate time off and time in is why this is happening. And it's funny to me that the game was so much more physical back in the day. And people would get well, less injuries out. And well, like, think about this. It's so much more physical back in the day, but guys weren't getting hurt this much. With less injuries. Yeah. Well, that's what you just said. My bad. Yeah, like I I don't I can't under I I don't understand how people don't understand the way this works. Uh, like the golden era of football was super physical, and yes, guys got hurt, and there is CT issue CTE issues and concussions and and that includes hockey players and baseball players i mean the lou gehrig's disease named after lou gehrig he didn't play middle linebacker i mean it you know it, it's it's nascar dale earnhardt died on the track i mean sports are dangerous and competitive and this isn't for everyone and i just want to say this before i shut up i know i'm talking a lot i'm sorry good look ma'am football's not for everyone you're our guest, bro. You're supposed to talk. Like, football's not for everyone. It's just not. There are people that are built for this shit. And I'm talking here and here. I'm not talking like Braun. There's a bunch of big motherfuckers who can't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. Right. Football's not for everyone. It's not for Billy the Banker down the street. And it's not for the Karens of the world who want to make it safe. I loved it because it's fucking dangerous. I loved it because I could take my mitts and assault another human and figure out if I could. Mm. And then they're going to give me a fucking pension maybe, or they're going to give me a scholarship and they're going to make me something that other people want to be. And I'm not trying to be cocky. That's what the fuck it is. That's real. Like people are walking around. People don't walk around wearing Staples uniforms with the dude's name on the back of it. So all I'm saying is, if you want this to remain the elite game that it is, or or could be, because right now it's a mockery of what it, it could be, you better figure out that your base is really important and the base is mad as fuck right now because this is not football, NFL. That was a horrible display in week one. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself. Roger Goodell, you are a mockery as a, as a commissioner, dog. As a member of the NFL Players Union, 
I am so disgusted in your leadership and the lack of accountability and the fact that you will not stand up and protect the players, but you'll do anything for the fucking owners. We're still playing on turf. You just like, that's how I know you never played. Everyone hates having the rubber in their mouth and up their ass and under their cleats and what, I mean, just because you can't manage grass in East Rutherford at this point in your career, I mean, the Jets, Giants, give me a fucking break. That's where we're going to cut budget. Well, your budget cuts just cost you your quarterback. Because if he's on if he's on grass, he probably gives. If the defensive end isn't reaching and he has proper form when he breaks down to tackle the quarterback, it's probably a different play. If Dwayne Brown plays at all, ever, before just walking on the field and being like, I've been playing for 20 years, so I can just walk out here. Dog, you got Billy Turner for a reason. He played all camp. Why did they just put Dwayne Brown in the game? Like, come on, dog. Put one guy in at least played. I'm just uh, – I'm. this is I, not I, cool, I, dog. Like, the I, NFL is really, really close to losing me, and I love this shit, and I don't even want to watch, dude. This is fucking bullshit. I, I don't want to either, Matt. And I know Smitty's – like, you know, Smitty's younger than us, and he, 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 ta- he has different takes on it, and I get it because we are so athletic and we are so, like, gifted – and it's fun to watch, you know, guys running yeah, around. But bad football is bad football. I agree. This week one has been – it's been – I mean, there's no way you can watch last night and be like, this is amazing football. Okay. I'm going to give you an example, okay? I Take a guy like Jadavion Clowney. You put – when did he get drafted? Just Same guess. year Khalil Mack, probably, yeah, about – 2014, something like 14, that. 14, 15, yeah. yeah. If you take and I I don't I, I don't know Jadavion. He's not going to hear this if he does. Get upset. If you take Davion Clowney and put him as the number one overall pick in 2004 or 1994, he is – they don't run him out of the league. They body bag his ass out the league. He wouldn't make it a week, dog. We would just, how, about, how, about, how about Chase Young? Them. The, NF, the old school NFL mentality would just run his ass over. You can't play be that soft. How about Chase Young? I mean, Chase Young, Chase Young's been hurt a lot. I think he's pretty good when he's healthy. But again, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that kid is soft yet. I need to see. He was pretty good as a rookie, and he's been terrible since, but he's been really hurt. So I'll yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt, kind of. Hey, um, Matt, you brought up. You brought up Josh Allen played in the preseason. But did he really, I guess, is my question. Because well, yeah, you know, you, know you, you started the show off was saying this when you play scared or you play cautiously you're not really playing you're thinking about staying upright not being touched i'm trying to get out of the way are you really worried about reading coverage and dissecting cover are you playing just because of the fan base wants to see you play six snaps and get out in a preseason game because that's what i'm thinking is happening and i don't think it's being taken serious like i want to see you go play a half that's why i love sean payton playing russell wilson i loved it and I was like, fuck, this is what Tom Brady did his whole career. wonder why he didn't get hurt. Well, it's this – the NFL is operating out of fear. And instead of, like, focusing on the fundamentals of the game, they're not teaching tackling. They're not teaching proper form and technique. They're, everything is motivated by not getting hurt. Having, has everybody not noticed this? At, look, I'm 41. I played six years. I had to move positions in the middle of my career. I was not a great player by any means. But 
the ability to understand the game from a mental standpoint and adapt to the offensive side of the ball and then earn my pension because of it. Like I had to learn an offensive playbook in one fucking week. I'm not a genius. It is not that hard. It's, it's easy to put into context and teach a professional quarterback. I can't teach it to a fucking science teacher. And I'm also not trying to break down the atom. So let's be real here. What are we talking about? I'm saying it's not that hard for a football player. So when the quarterback play is this atrocious and the offensive line can't squeeze gap and like little things, all the penalty problems, the majority of the penalty problems with the exception of special teams penalties, which happen because guys are just flying the fuck around and it's going to happen. The offensive pre-snap stuff, that's focus. That's not playing. That's not being on the same page. That's not understanding the cadence and the tone of your quarterback because you're never doing anything. These guys sit around in the fucking locker room and act like they're Billy Badasses, and they walk around in fucking hoodies and don't practice, and they don't think – and then they blame the the poor play on coaching and no creativity or the refs or the field conditions or it was raining or it was cold or – my fucking hands were sweaty or whatever fucking bullshit they want to throw out there. Just be man enough to say we play in the softest era ever. Guys are more concerned about rest than work. They'd rather relax and cast checks than earn it. People don't actually want to have a statue in front of the building that they play in. They'd rather have a statue in their house. They love themselves. They don't love the game. I played football because of what it could get me. I love the game. That's why I'm still immersed in it. I can't live without it. There's a huge difference, a huge difference world. Hey, Matt. uh, Listen, don't cut me off. Hold on. There's a huge fucking difference between guys who need football and guys who like football, period. And you don't have to be the best player to need it. Like Kyle Shanahan needs that shit. He's, he was a he was a good wide receiver in college. He didn't play in the league. I'm not talking about physical greatness. I'm talking about your head and your heart being connected to the fucking game you're trying to play. This is not a game. It is a war. It is the closest thing to being able to fucking annihilate another human and get paid for it. You should you should embrace this, gentlemen. Don't run from the trauma. Don't run from the pain. Don't run from the contact. Embrace that shit. And if the NFL doesn't fucking embrace it soon, they're going to lose their fucking base. Right now, people are pissed the fuck off. And people gamble on this shit. So now there's money getting lost. The $200 I put up last night to watch Aaron Rodgers go on four fucking plays. Give me my motherfucking money back. The the league, like the Sunday night game, the 40 to nothing preseason game. If you're going to play in the preseason, in the regular season, can you tell us? So I don't waste my motherfucking time and my money watching this bullshit product. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I curse too loud? Or is my tone too hard? Maybe you're the people that shouldn't be watching, playing, or contributing your fucking opinion to this game. That's my segue. I played yesterday with Wounded Vets um, Golf, and I got to play with some ex-football players, ex-baseball and uh, NFL, NHL, baseball guys. We're watching guys with no arms uh, play golf, one arm, one leg. And it, we got baseball players out here who are bitching and moaning about being pulled out um, of uh, not being pulled out of a game and having to actually pitch 
and earn the fucking money that they're making in a professional baseball game. And yesterday gave a lot of perspective. And that's why today when this happened after Aaron Rodgers, I come in and I'm just like, I'm like, dude, I'm saddened. I'm pissed. I'm like, we, we live in an era where like, fuck, man, we got people in the barracks, you know, sucking on dildos and shit. These are guys that used to defend our front line. And I'm like, this is societal, Matt. I don't know if it's just a football thing. It is like society getting taken over by this soft preach, uh, soft culture. And I'm, I'm I'm watching the real ones yesterday with fucking one arm swinging golf with a prosthetic and one leg. And they're happy as shit, man. Happy to be out there fucking doing it. And I'm like, we got so fucking much like we're so uh, enabled. We're so, uh, you know, like uh, spoiled, privileged. man. And it's like, yeah. these guys have a fucking opportunity to play four, three preseason games now, and then have a week off. Like this is the new, the new uh, design by Roger Goodell, play the three preseason games and have a week off. Like, I, I don't understand why we're so scared to get hurt when this is a game of, of injury. This is what it is. What um, is. I think we've ruined the game, Matt. We've ruined the game because of the injuries, because we're soft and we don't know how to tackle half speed. You can't play football half speed. It just wasn't designed that way. Put them in flags then. Um, this is not what it is. And I think we have a horrible product on the field developing. Quarterback plays at all-time worst. I'm going to stand on that hill. I got a million DMs last night. Um, people I'm saying, damn, JB. I never believed you, JB. I thought you were just taking hot takes. But I'm, I'm starting to believe you now. Josh Allen is digressing because they are digressing, bro. Yeah. Like, they're not fucking playing enough. They're not getting the reps. They're not going through the real fucking fire. It's just, I'm tired of seeing it. But when you and I and Smitty come on here and we, we, we take these takes, people think it's hot takes or we're haters. No, it's the truth. And the truth hurts a lot of soft people. And I, I'm just tired of seeing it, man, because we do have the greatest athletes ever. But at the same time, it's not the greatest football ever. I'm glad you said that, brother, because look, you and I have argued about this for years about quarterback play, right? And I agree with you that the older generation is much better. They're, those are my favorite players ever. There's good players in this generation, really great ones. And Tom Brady, obviously, is the head of the pack. He's in both generations. He's different. He's he he's way up there. I don't even know what to say about him. The NFL is a privilege. The college football is a privilege. High school football is a privilege. Eighth grade football this afternoon with my son. That is a privilege that is provided to the people in this country because of the freedom and the what this country is built on. People have forgotten that we are built on war and revolt. That is the basis of the American people. We said, fuck your taxes. Come get some. Won our independence. And then it's been nothing but fighting since. And people act like that's not true. And you're, I mean, I'm a history major, dog. I'm not sitting here trying to preach at you. This isn't a history class. But we're talking about the softness of this culture. We've allowed this to happen to ourselves. And it's creeping into every facet, including football. It's not for everybody. And that's why we love it. And it's why they hate it. And we've tried to include them in our game when they're not trying to include include us in anything they're doing. So that's that was a mistake. And you look, I don't think they can turn back that clock, and they shouldn't. Everybody should be able to watch it. But just because you watch doesn't mean your opinion is valid. You're a fan. 
I'm not trying to hate on you. Thank God for the fans. We love you. But uh, come on, dog. Like George Clooney's not asking my advice on Ocean's 15. He's going to make a movie. I'm going to go watch. If I don't like it, that's my fucking problem, not his. So the NFL caters to the soft. They cater to, you know, less time in. They cater to the coaches working themselves to the bone and the players having so much off time that it falls on the coach when in actuality the players are, are nev- have never been held less accountable ever. My, yesterday I was in the gym, okay, yesterday afternoon just doing my business, and my, my homeboy Andre Davis walked in. And if you don't know who Andre Davis is, great Florida Gator linebacker. He's a bad motherfucker. He played forever for the Browns, about 10 years, middle linebacker, wore 54, was a captain, played here in Denver with me for a year or two. I think he made it two years. We were only on the team for a year. But he's one of my best friends. We just – we meshed, right? Like – that's what I'm saying. Like I'm a I'm a D line transfer practice squad guy on and off the rosters. He's an 11 year vet, but it don't matter. He's my boy because he we see the work ethic and the desire and the way that you love the game. That's what this is built on. It's not built on if your contract number's high, then you get respect. If your contract number's high, then you're a captain. If your contract number's high, then all of a sudden you're relevant. Mm. like 90% of the guys getting paid in the league are overpaid. And all the, the majority of the great players in this league are super underpaid and on like rookie contracts and shit and have to fight every year for their money. But at the same time, if you're an owner at this point or a general manager, you have to be really, 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 really careful where you put your funds because you don't know if you're investing in like Russell Wilson's fucking, you know, sunglass company, or if you're getting a quarterback, you don't know if you're investing in, you know, a guy who's going to get hurt in four plays. I love Aaron Rodgers, but that's what just happened. Or you're getting a, a, a guy who can stand up and, and, and be healthy for 17 games. Last year, he was hurt and played all year. This year, he pops his Achilles most likely. So I'm just, I'm so confused on what we're trying to accomplish. I just think that the NFL is such a great product when it's on. And there's always, this is my thing. If there's always something wrong, there's something like wrong on an, on an inherent level. If every time we have a conversation, and I'm just going to bring up off the top of the duder's head here, you know, just try and maneuver through the fucking minutia of the brain. All right. Just go with me on this off the top of my head. The Rams, New Orleans pass interference call. Um, the the yeah last Super Bowl, yeah, last Super Bowl the Super field, Bowl. Um, the holding call at the end of the game. Um, what, let's see here, like just a Vikings game. Uh, the, the, perfect. There you go. Like you, I, you can yeah. almost bring up something in every relevant game that swung the game in a certain way that had nothing to do with the players. I mean, the players were involved, but it's, it's, it's one of those moments where people like us and even fans go bullshit, dude. Like, come on, come on. This isn't right. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. All we do is talk about that dog. So, I mean, look at it from a bird's eye view. If there's always something wrong, there's something fucking wrong. Like they, there's an underlying problem in the National Football League right now, where there's 
there's a, like a bunch of people. It's almost like the United States. There's 1% is making all the money and they have all the power and they have all the say. And in 2011, there's a perfect example of this. We should have seen this coming. But when they don't include any of the lesser players, fucking guys like me, bottom of the roster assholes who just played and gone and no one knows who gives a shit. Like, that's just what it is. And, the, and then Jeff Saturday, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ray Lewis, all the bad motherfuckers walk out who are all generationally wealthy and can say we don't want to practice anymore. We don't want to do this, that, or the other. It's amazing to me that that group of players agreed to this bullshit because the players set themselves up for this. They negotiated all this time off and a lack of accountability, and they essentially neutered, you know, the the, the coaches because now they can't hold people accountable at the same at the same record at the same time. The players union is an absolute joke. Demore Smith is a mockery. He's a puppet for Roger Goodell. So it's a, a ballless players union and a group of players that are more worried about their bank accounts rather than the lineage they left behind. I had a coach tell me this once. When you die, you can't take that bread. It goes to somebody else or it's gone. Can't mm. take a U-Haul truck either with all your shit. Can't take nothing, dog. You just go. And I don't know where you go, but you know what stays? Like, my boy Rashawn Salon passed away tragically years ago. And his funeral was so fucking sad. It was in the snow. It was four degrees outside. It was like... It was just us and the boys and Matt Russell and Chris Nioli and Lou and like everybody that played with them. Derek West was there and it was super fucking sad. Like it chokes me up now. And that's a Heisman Trophy winner that was a bust, right? And all this other bullshit who had problems and couldn't figure it out. And I get it. He, he you know, he took his own life. But, you know, he was a Muslim and it was at his funeral the, the gentlemen that were burying him, his family members, his cousins, his brothers, they just kept repeating, he can't take anything with you. He's not taking anything with him. It was just a pine box and Rashawn. So, so the fucking history and what you leave means something. This fucking game is important, man. And these fucking kids think that the NFL and college football is about them. And it's not about you. You can be replaced like this. It's about the community and what it can do and where it takes people and how it puts people on. And it's about putting people on. The NFL is fucking this up. They've made it about the dollar and just getting that money. And it, it's, yeah, that's important. But goddamn, do you want to have a fucking lineage? And do you want to be remembered? Or do you just want to have a big bank account? Just be some fucking rich asshole who didn't actually fucking sell out for the, what you said you cared about. Because people really give a shit if you give a shit. If you don't care and all you do is want to get paid, Albert Hainsworth, or God knows how many other guys just went that road. If you get paid and you can't sell out and you're not going to reinvest, the fans will hate you for the rest of your life. I don't give a fuck how big your house is or your boat. Go on it alone. You think people respect Albert Hainsworth when his bitch ass walks in the room? No, they tolerate him because he's a fuck boy. And I don't care how many games he played. He's a, he's a turd. If you're a fucking turd, and you, I mean, it just—it's just a league full of guys who just don't get it, bro. And it's—and man, I'm be honest, man. Every time, the only time that motherfuckers care is when we're looking down inside that casket. That's the only time. It's Everybody really truly cares. I the just, only time they really truly care when they're looking at the guy being buried, 
and it blows my mind. We don't really think about it uh, before or after that, but it's unfortunate. Uh, it is. Love the passion. Love the passion. percent. Uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, man. And uh, like you said, just to add to that, you know, when I think back even at my own life and think about like how much like football has changed my life, you know what I'm saying? I, you, you do kind of get emotional. You know what I'm saying? Like we all got our own stories, of course. Everyone has different backgrounds growing up. But like I said, I'm, I'm a guy who grew up, you know, hopping from apartment to apartment. Me and my mom had to live with my best friend for a part of my childhood because we got evicted and, you know, and, and uh, we didn't, we had no money to like, I never, I never even thought about college because it just wasn't, no one in my family did it. It wasn't even a, a realistic thing until I got later in my high school career and, and I started learning more about it and I'm seeing my teammates get scholarships. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can do this. And, I, you know, I get one scholarship from Ball State, one full ride scholarship from Ball State. And I look back over my life and, and it literally changed the entirety of my life. Like, I don't know where I would be today if Ball State did not gamble on me and give me a full ride scholarship, you know what I'm saying? So like that led to career, led to getting the Fox, it led, like everything, everything that connects. Means, you know right. what I'm saying? So we, and everyone we, has their own story. Each other without the game, we're not exactly. Here. No, I have nothing. I have nothing, nothing in my life. I don't have my children. I don't have my business. I don't have nothing. I have nothing without the game. Hmm. That's why he used to tell these kids, <clears throat> let football pay for your damn education, not the other way around. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. And, I mean, and just, even more so than just the education and the piece of paper, for me, just like I always say, and, and hear me out on this, football for me acted as like an additional parent, meaning that the, the type of life lessons that I learned on that field, learning how to lose, how to, how to, how to, how to win, learning how to push myself to certain limits that in my head consciously didn't even make sense and didn't even know I could push myself through. I learned so much through football that correlated to real life that now when I go through stuff in the real world, you know, at work, relationship, it's My like, buddy. man, hey, I'm going to figure this shit out. Like, this is easy. This is nothing. Better, dog. I, I ran 31 tens, uh, you know what I mean, a couple of years. Like, it's nothing. Like, I, I'm used yeah. to this. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, dog. Like, it, it hardens you. It makes it so, like, I hate to say this, but three days before my pro day workout in my senior year, my, my brother died three days before training camp or a week before training camp. My third year, my other brother died. I went to work. I didn't take time off. I went to honor them with how I tried to play, not sit back and moan about how hard it was. I know it's hard. I have, I have another, I have, three other brothers and I've got a mother and a father and people that are looking at me and it's important. And this is my platform to show what the name on the back of my Jersey means. Like people have forgotten how important the name on the back of your Jersey is gentlemen. There, the national football league, there is no name on the front of your Jersey. It's just a number. I don't know. I think ATL is like one of the only ones that has a, like the name on the chest, right? The, 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 Helmet's a marketing tool. It will never go away. All right. But the name on the back of your jersey, that changes all the time. Somebody else gets your number. You don't get to keep it. Somebody else's number 60 all the fucking time. Somebody else's number 95. Somebody else got your number. Yeah. That name on the back of your jersey, that's the only unique part. And hey, the, Matt, the, uh, men in this league have forgotten that. And the importance of the power of your name combined 
with the power of the National Football League and how that elite mindset and what the game is, how it can transform a regular dude into fucking Bo Jackson. Into into fucking, I mean, just name them. Into Shador Sanders. Into Dion. And I mean, just name, keep naming them. The, all those dudes were just dudes. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's a combo, and you have to respect it. And I, I'm not saying that everybody in this generation is terrible and soft. There's some really unbelievably good players. I mean, guys that I respect that I think can play in any era. I'm talking about the entirety of the picture because I think the players are also fed up with this shit. Did you see David Bakhtiari's tweets? He looks pretty upset. He's pissed. Like, that's a buff, dude. That's my guy. Like, he's mad as shit, dog. And he should be. This is not cool. Oh, fuck. I didn't even know you were doing that. Look at that shit. Rum, that's how you throw an oop and I dunk that shit. That was fucking beautiful. Good job. That's how quarterbacks distribute the ball right there, JB. You're a bad motherfucker. Fucking <laughs> right. Bad uh, dog. That was hey, fucking hey, Holy hey, shit. That was a focus behind the back fucking block. On your Lakers face, bitch. We're coming ah, through. see, we, we were rolling together. Everything was going smooth, and then you brought it back this way, man. Drop down. Repeat time, bitch. <laughs> hey, are you on tomorrow? You damn skippy if you'll have me. Always. Um, <laughs> we, we'll much go love, you. man. Go enjoy the day. Are you on out soon? I sure am. I'll be there at 10, ready to spit fire. And look, I know I'm passionate, but again, football made me this way. Mm. I was, I was just a kid. I, I was reformed, not recruited. Without this game, I'd be in a ditch or prison or the military. God fucking knows. I might be, you know, it's just, it, it's such a beautiful thing if you allow it to take you where you wanted to go as a kid. It wasn't about fucking money always, man. It just wasn't. So I really, I really hope that the NFL figures this out, bro, because... There's a lot of things that need to change, and the players deserve better. The fans deserve better. The coaches deserve better. The owners deserve better. Everybody does. Everybody involved deserves what it can be, not what it is right now. So, no doubt. Much love, man. Clap it up. Pound the like. Follow six zero. Go get your body bag. Much love. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Big Mac. Um, man. Gotta love the passion, JB, man. Gotta love the passion. Everything he's saying is real. And we got a fire show, JB. We, we about to go back to back right now, ain't we? Yeah, we go from having a doctor on to proving my point about the weed and the Taco Bell. And then we go to Matt. And now we go to the encyclopedia, the Korean coach, <laughs> Steve Kim. Steve, hey, I had a doctor that didn't really shoot me, shoot my Taco Bell and weed thing down. He said, I got to really go live into this. It might be some shit to this, JB. What's going on, Steve? Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I had just gotten home Sunday, uh, a long weekend in Nashville, then Miami, and there's two points I want to hit. I just made a tweet. I said, boy, these games are awfully raggedy. That was not quality football, and th that, that is what it is. They, they've created that. They've engineered that. I've seen a similar erosion in boxing where fighters are not as active anymore, and I don't think the fighters are a sharp fight to fight. And then yesterday, uh, I had to tape the three-knockdown rule a little bit later because of Mario's schedule. So, you know, right around 5.15, 5.30, I'm on my way back to watch the game, and I see an alert on my phone 
that Aaron Rodgers went down. And I kind of read the headline and I said, I I just missed his whole season. And I'm not a Jet fan, but I'm an Aaron Rodgers admirer and I wanted to see him play. I thought he did a great job in really becoming a part of the Jets based on what I saw with Hard Knocks. I think his teammates really enjoyed him. And all your hopes and dreams ride on this guy. And then in the fourth play, it just ends. And uh, it's <laughs> that was bad football. It, it really was. And, and to see Josh Allen last night, he has absolutely regressed in a lot of different ways. So that is football today. And uh, JB, the one trend that I'm seeing in football, and it's been going on for a couple of years, are quarterbacks with over 35, 40 attempts that don't even have 350 yards. So they're just dinking and dunking. It's it's not really good quarterback play right now. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, I, I started off with a rant, Steve. I, Smitty hasn't been able to talk because I've been talking all goddamn day because I just – I'm so tired of it uh, because people don't realize. And now I think people are starting to see it a little bit uh, that do listen to the show. We're not the biggest yet, but we're getting there. Uh, you know, I got a ton of DMs and like, man, is JB the – is he really onto something here? Because why is this guy digressed this bad? It's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a culmination of everything, Steve. I think it's become the rules of obviously Matt just stated on that. I brought up to, you know, the rules being changed, allowing, not allowing guys to play full speed and have to think you can't think that much. We're already thinking about the plays and the defense and the O line and the slide and the protection. Now we got to think about slowing down, a 200-pound body from going from 19 miles an hour with 10 pounds of gear on to 14 miles an hour and then change the target space and change our eye hat level. It just can't happen, man. We had Dr. Morris on every every Tuesday. He broke down a lot of things today. And I said, you know, Aaron Rodgers, we try to avoid horse collar for the reason of what happened last night. And we're not only it's not only for the player that the horse collar is occurring to, Steve, it's happening to the horse collarer because we're ripping ligaments, we're ripping tendons because we don't want to square up anymore. We're grabbing, and it's it's hurting the lower extremity, not the upper extremity of the actual um, the the guy being tackled. It's bad football all around. Uh, I haven't seen quarterback play this bad. I've been saying it for years now. Everyone, even you two, are probably like ah, and now I think you're starting to see it a little bit. Um, yeah, they're great athletes, but the quarterback position, uh, I've never seen it this bad. Well, JB, I'm going to say this. Going to back to Yari's tweet that you referenced with Matt, the Players Association and the union, in the next collective bargaining, uh, instead of just fighting for pure money, which, again, that's what it really comes down to, if you really care about player safety, there's a couple things. Number one, they agreed to the 17 games. That, that was kind of antithetical to what the whole message was. They can also say, look, working conditions matter. We don't want that turf. There seems to be a lot of non-contact injuries. Football is meant to be played on grass, real grass. And with modern technology, you can make it happen. This, this is not the 1960s where you had to put an AstroTurf in the AstroDome. Okay, Um You can do things now like Arizona Stadium. They basically roll in a grass field. Again, football is meant to be played on grass. It is always going to be a dangerous, violent sport. You can still make it as safe as possible. Um, But, again, the players to me sometimes, or the union, they are short-sighted in what is really important. 
And, I, and I've talked to former players who've been very frustrated, but every time some of these issues come up in the collective bargaining, they are sometimes more concerned about smoking weed than other issues. Okay? So there's a give and take to everything. Um, as for the quarterback play, I'm watching Justin Fields, and I'm thinking to myself, Justin, you've actually regressed. And meanwhile, Jordan Love looked pretty good. Because yeah. he got to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and actually, through osmosis, learn how to play football. But I mean, he's I actually throwing the ball off platform, on time, with touch. And Justin Fields looks like, I don't know, he, he didn't look like a guy that had really progressed throughout the regular season. But, guys, to your point, Darnell, there used to be a time a long time ago, even before I was watching football, there used to be six preseason games, believe it or not. Then when, as I got to a point where I could understand football, there was four preseason games and the veteran stars used to play one series in the first game. Then they play a quarter in the second game. And the third game was always the most important. They would play a full half, full speed. The fourth game, they would kind of be held out, but there was four games. Now what they're doing is they are actually softening players not to be ready for full speed football. And Eric Dickerson, I think I've told you guys this. Eric Dickerson said on his radio show last year, as a running back, if you allowed me not to play in the regular season or barred me, then you said, week one, Eric, 100%. He said, I wouldn't do it. He would actually insist, no, no, you got to get me three quarters of full football before I go week one because you're actually putting me at risk. People do not realize this. With boxers, people always say, well, Steve, it's safer if they fight less. And I say, really? And I've talked to trainers. And I've talked to former fighters about this. I said, guys, is it really safer, though, when these guys put on 40 to 50 pounds in between fights? And then they have to shed all that weight, wear plastic suits for three months at a time, and they have to spar 180 rounds. Is it really? They say, no, it's not. We, they, I, they said that you're better off in real fights and actually training less with less sparring. By softening the game, you've actually made these guys at more risk. Think about that. That's real. real quick, just being devil's advocate on one point that you made, Steve, and I would love to hear both of your opinions on it. What's the difference between college football and college football never having a preseason and, you know, players being relatively okay versus the NFL? Obviously, I know the speed is different. I understand the competition is different, but it's all relative to, to the level that, that you're at. We've never made it, like, uh, an excuse or say anything about college football needing a preseason, but we say NFL needs it. Why the difference? You know, I think one thing is, Darnell, these are younger, fresher bodies. Mm. Okay, so that's one thing. There is a certain erosion. Look, a 28-year-old football player is not going to have the same body or the mileage of an 18-year-old. Also, there is that passion, um, the energy level. Look, I was at the Miami A&M game this weekend, and it had like a playoff feel because both teams and both coaches really needed that win. I mean, both guys laid it on the line, both groups of men, young men. Yeah. A really good football game. Obviously, I enjoyed it because of the end result. But that is an interesting question that in college football, these guys sometimes play a big game in week one. Yeah. Um, but here, I, I, give, I, you, I give you – can I tell you what I think real quick before yeah. Steve finishes? Uh, college has spring ball. It's mm. a whole other thing. College has spring ball, Smitty, that actually – Football is actually going on regardless of what you have. You have kids that are going to class. You're in the you're in the offices. Film, weight room, film, film, weight room, film, spring ball, and then you go into fall camp conditioning, and then you come right into fall camp in pads and you play a game. 
and you scrimmage each other three or four times inside the summer. So that is why. And that's what I wish the NFL would go to because they have OTAs, but then you have non-mandatory. Then you have mandatory. Then guys don't want to show up. And then you guys got – it's like – there's no – that reminds me of a rant from uh, Dan Hawkins, and I wish Matt was here because Dan Hawkins was at Colorado. This is about 20 years ago. I don't know. I got to send you the clip. So Dan Hawkins is on some radio show, and, you know, Dan was a little bit upset because some anonymous parent made a complaint, I think, to the athletic department. Oh, little Jimmy's been winged, worked too hard. Um, he, they're making him practice a lot, and, and, and Dan Hawkins is on a radio show. Well, yeah, you know, I, I got a I got a complaint from a parent uh, that uh, they didn't get July Fourth weekend off or this weekend off and this and he goes and all of a sudden he just goes, let me just tell you something, they got two weeks off after spring ball, they get another week off in uh, July. He goes, that's three weeks. He goes, it's Division One football, it's the Big Twelve, it's not intramurals, brother. That's more vacation than you get. And it went viral. It's one of the now you, if you did it today, that guy would probably be fired. But to Dan Hawkins, you you are a serious football coach, and that's the truth. These and, and I think JB hit it. These guys are actually more regimented to be in shape throughout the year because their supervision. Because yeah. what do they say about college football? The strength coach is the second most important guy, right? Well, you first know most was, maybe. <laughs> you know that was Coach Feely. Oh, like, man, Coach Feely called me the other day, man. Coach Feely is, yes, we were with him 70% of the year. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's who we're with. So, and, and they're probably grading you. And since you're a young man, he can kind of tell you, like, he could probably talk to you differently than he could now. Right. But did you see Duke? I mean, you see how well-conditioned that team was with a bunch yeah. of real students? Now that's, I mean, Mike Elko, that's what, he, that's what he does. But it's just. Pro football to me is something I watch as content, and as we talk about it, it's the highest rated television programming in all the sports and all of America. Um, college football is the passion. That's actually the thing that I truly care about, you know. But foot NFL football, I, you know, people don't want to admit it though. Coach JB's right; it's watered down. It is. But for you, for you to love college football and go to Miami and watch your team and 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 blah blah blah. That's your passion. That's what you love. But the NFL is what you want to come drink Palomas and barbecue and watch the show. It should be the show. It should be the, the fucking final product. Like that's unbelievable. And these are what everybody aspires to be like Aaron Rodgers and then Josh. Allen. It's a bad product, man. It's bad. You know, and, and, and I see this. Uh, did you guys see that video of Chase Claypool? Uh, uh, the, 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 one when he, the one when he's flopping, when he got pushing, he's like fell back. He was flopping like a fish out of water the whole game. That yeah. that effort that he gave, and I was always suspect since the summer when he's dressing like one of these male models. Yeah, I said this guy's not a serious football player, which is fine. You can have other interests. That clip, because it was actually more than one play, Smitty. It was a series of plays where he absolutely dogged it. Mm. I don't know what the salary cap ramifications are, but the Bears with that floppy fish should cut bait. That guy is not all in. What he did was absolutely an embarrassment to the profession. I, I broke it down the other day when, when when Justin Fields jogs out of bounds in a live real game. Um, he jogs out of bounds. He's in bounds when the guy shoves him because he's still in bounds. Um, and you see Mahomes and these other quarterbacks try to get three or four extra steps down the sideline because they know the linebacker won't hit him. 
Brian Erlacher hit me up when I when I posted it and was like, man, I can't. I'm I'm so thankful. He's a, he'll be on the show Friday, but he's like, I'm so thankful you said that shit. He goes, I'm so tired of it. He goes, the offensive players take advantage of the defense knowing they can't hit a guy. And then on the other side of it, you got offensive players who are lackluster in effort. And it's showing because that weekend, our first NFL weekend from Thursday through yesterday, it was week four of our preseason that used to be. That is the vibe I got. That is what everyone I've talked to, Eric Weddle, came on yesterday, uh, Brian Erlacher, Matt. It was week four of preseason. Not only the effort, just the, the the whole vibe that I got. And you wonder why we had 270 injuries, Steve. One, one, game, one weekend, 270 injuries. And Dr. Morse came on and was like, soft tissue, the ball. I mean, everything is just because of the lack of either A, preparation, B, what you always say, callous, uh, not having the ability and see, the new science just says you, you don't stretch anymore a cold body, Steve. You you dynamic stretch. You, you got to warm up. Yeah. When I, I've learned this. At the beginning of your workout, you warm up and get a sweat. At the end, you might want to stretch out. Okay? Back, I guess, in the day, back in the day, Steve, when we were watching, you know, Lombardi, we'd go out there and cold stretch in 30-degree weather, and 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 that's that was the science then. It's changed. Yeah, yeah and, you know, and the thing with the Justin Fields play, look, it's black or white. It's like being pregnant. You either are or you're not. Either you're out of bounds or you're not. He wasn't out of bounds, and some guy took a cheap shot at that defender. Why aren't the defender's teammates coming to that guy's rescue? There needs to be a scuffle at that point. Uh, yeah, but the receiver, receiver defended Justin. It wasn't a flag, but it was still he thought he was taking a cheap shot at him, and I'm like. As a football player, we're talking, especially as a, a defensive player, Within those lines, if you got a chance to hit the quarterback, hit the quarterback. Back when I played, if a quarterback threw a pick, we were taught to go find the quarterback. That was my right. first thing. Find the quarterback and blow him up. That was why I we was used taught. We teach that, right? We used to right. teach that. Yes. like No more? I, I, I would get in trouble if I didn't do that. I would get in trouble like watching the tape. Like, Darnell, why don't you crack back on the quarterback? I know some rules have changed, but my point being is, if you got a chance to hit the quarterback, you're going to hit the quarterback. Like, come on you now. You can't do no more, though. That's the thing. Like. Yeah. We're, we're playing flag football with guys that – so let me ask you, Steve. You're wasting guys, in my opinion. You think Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and those guys can play right now? They couldn't. And we don't know if there is another Ray Lewis or, or Ed Reed right now because you can't see it because they can't release the beast. Yeah, but I, there, are, there are some anomalies like Micah Parsons. He's a monster. Yeah. Fred, yeah, Warner is a, Fred Warner is a monster. The Bosa's are a monster. Aiden Hutchinson is a monster. DJ Watt. Yeah, there, there's some guys out there. Max that Crosby. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying they're not. We already know they're more freakish athletically. I'm, I'm saying you can. You, there's a safety out there in a corner and and, and, and a couple guys that we, we don't know because they can't hit you over the middle anymore. Mm. And we're just watching guys. Well, maybe, Steve, there's a here's a – I want to bring this up real quick because – Ronnie Lott wasn't a great cover guy. He was a fucking downhill quarter safety who will hit you in the B-gap and hit your face. He made the league because of that. This day and age, Ronnie Lott may not even make a roster because he's not the cover guy that these other guys are. Cam Chancellor was not a cover guy. He was a downhill runner that was going to hit you in the mouth. He That was his niche. It made an NFL, maybe a Hall of Famer, it made him into an NFL long pro bowler. We, we There's guys out there right now that could be that. But they'll never, we'll never know because you can't touch the guy after five yards. You can't put a hat on him. You can't hit him. And I'm like, 
we're really missing a big part of this game, man. Yeah, like, you are. But, JB, a lot of teams now are going to kind of a nickel base. You know, and they have a fancy name for that fifth defender. They call it the star, the jack, the sniper. Everyone has it. Uh, Chancellor and Lott may have been kind of that fifth nickel that plays a hybrid linebacker. Uh, and, and you're right. Look, but Ronnie Lotto, to his credit, his first couple of Pro Bowls was as a cornerback. And then he played at the back end. At the Rod Woodson kind of made the similar transition, although he was a lot better athlete, I thought. Chancellor would probably be a linebacker in today's game. But today's linebacker, if they do not have that flexibility to play out in space a lot in the throw game, they're going to be relegated to a first-down linebacker. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But everything kind of comes back to what it was. Eventually, teams are going to start running the ball downhill, and you'll go back to old-fashioned football. That's kind of what Detroit does. Detroit, what really makes them difficult is that they actually play under center, and they run right down the middle. They run downhill to eventually throw vertically with a lot of the eye candy off the play action. But you're right. Defensive backs now, I don't know if there is a room for a Lee Flowers or a David Fulcher. Because you're right, Coach. Those were in-the-box downhill defenders in the run game specifically. The NFL has turned into the NBA, meaning that, like, the same way the, the NBA has tried to change their rules over time to benefit the offense and allow more scoring, NFL is doing the exact same thing to benefit the offense, benefit the quarterback, make it a quote-unquote safer product, which ultimately means we, we want you to score more points because that will impress the masses more, which means more fans, which equals more dollars. But I do agree with Steve Kim. Everything's full circle. You look at the NBA, you've seen the, the NBA champion last year. Although they shot threes, they, they played through their big mans, a, a, a different type of way to win, of winning the championship, which I, I can see the NBA team. It's a copy. Every every league is a copycat league. So I, I think it, it'll take the NFL, uh, a, a team like the Titans, for example, or someone who focuses more so on, on a, a, running, a running back game or an old school physical type of way of play, to win it all in order for like teams to be like, okay, maybe right. there's different ways to win this. You know what I'm saying? When everyone else zigs, you zag, but even the air raid, the air raid has evolved. Cause it used to be just be four or five wide one back and everyone goes out. Look at Miami, Shannon Dawson. He's from the Hal mummy school and Dana Holgerson. So everyone thought we were getting a basic run and shoot. If you actually look at his system. You know how we evolved it by using more traditional sets. There's a tight end. He actually uses max protect, which means the back and the tight end will chip or delayed release. So the way they revolve the air raid, guess what, is to go with more old-fashioned football. He actually used a two-back set out of the shotgun, which no one really uses anymore. It was like something out of the 80s with two halfbacks splitting with the quarterback out of the shotgun. So even his air raid, uh, Shannon Dawson, is sometimes – not really what we think of an air raid. So, again, they're going more traditional, old-school football. Coach, that tweet you put up about the NBA, hey, fellas, too late. You gave them an inch, and they took a mile. You ain't getting that genie back in the bottle. These guys yeah, expect to play 60 that. games now. Good I grief. It's over. Because that's what the NFL is at right now. Like, we're seeing the same thing. It's happening professional sports. It's not just happening – I just I just played uh, with the veteran deal yesterday with Pat and, and his buddy and all these NFL and NBA and 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 and, um, and baseball players, older ones our age, and they're like, dude, we can't stand it. It's unbelievable. The pitcher that got that didn't get yanked and had to pitch in the game that he's supposed no. to play as a professional in his job 
these pitchers that we I played with a 10-year veteran pitcher yesterday who's gonna come on the show. He was like, JB, we're so pissed off. Mark Mulder's come out and said, you're a joke. You're a joke. You make more money than we've ever had in our lives, and you can't pitch another two innings. Like you're bitching about it, but that's baseball. You no, know, where's the media? But JB, where's the media say, hey guys, it's not your job? Seriously. I mean, where's that guy that's gonna say, excuse me, right. uh, hey, you're not Nolan Ryan. We don't expect you to be, but Jesus Christ, you're, you're bro, right you're here on this show, Steve. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but the guys in the media that's right in front of them, someone needs to say, um, aren't you a pitcher? I, I just look, you, when you create softness, you condition softness, guess what you get? Softness. Hey Matt, hey, I, I mean, uh, Big Smitty and Steve, I gotta, I gotta say something. I've never had a, I've never seen a hard head that didn't create a soft ass, and I've never mm. seen a soft ass not create a hard head. I'm just mm. telling you, and yeah. That's and that's just what it is, and it's, it's a, it's a real thing. I mean, it's not just football; it's real life. I gotta transition though, Matt, I, 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 Steve. I've been, I got so many people on my head texting me. Um, Miami. Uh, I know you went to the game. It was a great experience. I got to get your take. I know Smitty has some questions for you. I, I got to get your take from Miami because we have a little graphic here. Um, the, the the Miami Hurricanes got a big win. Before I get your take on that, I got to ask you the, the hard questions that I always have to ask. Mm. Is Jimbo Fisher uh, the most overrated coach in the history of uh, – uh, <laughs> Of the collective in the NIL era? He might be the most overpaid, and that seat got warm. And, look, if he wants to save his job, he better just tell Bobby Petrina, okay, I'm staying completely out of the offense, run what you have, because A&M has some real parts. The, the Connor Wiegman is an upgrade over what they had at quarterback last year. Evan Stewart is probably going to be a first-round wide receiver. Um, Noah Thomas is going to be in the NFL. Anaya Smith is another guy that has a chance. So they have three NFL type of receivers. Ruben Owens is a very good young running back. He was a top 50 player. They should ride him a little bit. Every position. Right. And so, and look, they actually have a really good offense. And their other running back is a young man that went to Miami Central, Mari Daniels. So they have everything in place. And they have some big bodies up front. And defensively, that's the best defensive line I think Miami's going to face right alongside Florida State and Clemson. Hey, so those Steve. are NFL bodies. And y'all still score 48. So, I yeah, mean, I mean, 41 on offense, one was a, a kick return. But, look, Mario Cristobal has done an amazing job of remaking most of the rooms. But his specialty is offensive line. That's what he played at Miami. And when they get there, I still think they can get better because they're starting a freshman right tackle, Francis Mawanoa. He had some penalties. He's going to get better. The biggest mistake Cristobal made last year, and our, and our guy Zach Smith tried to warn us Miami fans, Josh Gaddis, he is the Charles Manson of coordinators. You know why? Because he can kill an offense. He certainly killed Tyler Van Dyke last year. And I did not understand why Mario did not get a spread-centric coach that runs a little bit of tempo to go with Van Dyke, because that's what he does. But this team is much more physical. And let's be fair. And I, I got into this with Whitlock yesterday, Smitty. Um, Jason needs to get – Big J needs to get over this. Everyone's using the portal. Everyone can flip a roster – Coach Prime is not the only guy. Mario did the exact same thing. He brought in 41 new guys. So this is a new football team. I like this team. I think this team is markedly better. And then when they're down 17-7, Coach, the mood in that stadium was very testy. I heard a lot of F Cristobal after the muff punt. 
I don't understand why a muff punt is the fault of the coach. I, right. I don't get it. And then they took him off right after. We got Restrepo in the game. But Mario needed that victory for recruiting purposes because more than ever, these kids are so fickle. They don't think about their overall plan. If you win or lose a game, you could literally lose a recruit because it happened last year to Miami. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at your schedule, though, man, and I'm not. I'm seeing a lot of wins. Like, Five and zero oh before we head to Carolina. Five and zero. Oh. Look, they're going to beat Bethune Cookman. We're going to do that for Ed Reed. Ed, this is for you. We're going to take out the trash. Ironically, for you. Uh, then they play Temple. We should beat Temple. Georgia Tech at home. That should be a win. Now we go to Carolina. We got to face Drake Mayo. Okay, the white Mark Mason. That's a tough game. They've had our number. Then we play Clemson. I'm going to be at that game. Ooh. I still think Clemson's better than people think, and I'll tell you why. If you actually watch the Duke game, they had three red zone possessions, and then somehow they scored no points. They're actually still very good defensively. The issue with Clemson is this. New Hopkins ain't walking through that door. Sammy Watkins ain't walking through that door. They don't have that Justin Ross T. Higgins. That's where they've had the probably the biggest miss. So that's a winnable game at home. But that two-game stretch right there, Carolina-Clemson, before you head into Florida State in November, that's going to really determine if this is a 10 or 11 win team or an 8 or 9 win team. Yeah. I think Duke's going to get you guys, but that's all. Well, we don't, no, no. I guarantee you, Duke doesn't beat us. I guarantee it because we don't play them this year. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, missed, we missed the fighting Elkos. They, they, they badgered us last year. They, they, they beat the hell out of our guys last year. Seriously, they did at home, by the way. Yeah, I was like, does Duke play them? <laughs> got you there, uh, Coach. <laughs> hey, uh, I got to ask you, what do you think about this Kadarius Tony? Uh, he had a horrible outing with the Chiefs, and then he comes out on social media, and now he's going after the, the, the Giants after getting shellacked um, in a horrible performance. Like, at this point, this is going back to the whole point of my rant to start the show. Like, when are you going to have some humility and say, you know what, you're really bad, and I got – secondhand embarrassment for you to even say anything about anyone else other than yourself. You were horrible. And now you're talking about a team that, that you're not happy with because they let you go for whatever reason. And now you're taking shots at them. I, it, and the it's league, more to it. And, and, and I'll cut you off JB. Like he deleted his social media after the game because he couldn't take the backlash that he was getting on social media. So then he sees his old team, you know, lay an egg, decides to, open his account back up, case, throw some shots, and then his last post was like, all right, I'm, 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 back, I'm back to being like ghosts. I'm back to being off social media. So it's like, bro, don't dish it and, and you can't take it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my thing. Either, either, be, either take it and stay on there, be a man, dish it, or stay off. Pick a lane. Well, hey, what's that old saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but tweets will always hurt me. Yeah. I mean, that, that wasn't an embarrassing performance. I, I mean, he was so bad because he flipped that whole game because you know, that, that pick six. Dan Campbell should have given a game ball. He should have walked right over to the Chiefs locker room. Kadarius, thank you. Thank you for what you did. You will never be forgotten on this. And he walk back. And Dan, Dan's a gracious guy. It's a class act, that Campbell. You know, he was terrible. Jeez. I think Kadarius might have had a money line on that game. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> you want to talk about fixing him and Jeff Sims, man. I don't know. I'm going to start calling them Shoeless Joe. 
Oh, man. I don't know, Steve. I'm just disgruntled. I'm upset that the league, the NFL, what we're we want to see today is just so bad. It's hard to watch. Uh, I just can't do it. It's just, I'm like, man, it's uh, it's just crazy right now that that, that we've gotten this far and, and got to this level. And Roger Goodell, until he gets his pockets hit, will continue to do so. Because, Steve, you had a Pro Bowl in Vegas that sold out to play flag football. That means the leagues, the, the, the marketing, the promote. I mean, the NFL sells regardless of what it does until Goodell gets his pockets hit. I don't believe he's going to realize that this product is just not what it used to be. It's a bad one. And we're watching greatness, possibly greatness, in, in, in these great, talented, athletic quarterbacks be wasted because quarterback play, I, I can't tell you, is, is worse than I've ever seen in my entire life. Ever. The Pro Bowl is interesting. They used to talk about how no one cared about the Pro Bowl. It was bad. If you look at the ratings, it actually did better than most NBA playoff games. Tor- and, and- uh, Rod- Aaron Rodgers, torn Achilles, done. Ugh, that might be his career. I hate I- to say it. That's the I'm next not- thing I'm going to ask you. Do you think – at 39 years old, it's, it's over or what? I mean, that seems like it's going to be an arduous, long rehab that he may not want to do. And, look, you're still talking about a lot of miles on the body. And then if you're Rodgers, if the Jets do not tear up that turf and put in grass, I don't know if I want that to be my working conditions for eight, nine games a year. Let's talk about that a little bit, JB, because I want, I want to hear your opinion too. It's crazy because – Growing up, you know, going to high school, my high school, Warren Central, the greatest high school in America, you know, we had we had a beautiful turf field, beautiful stadium. And for me as a high schooler, we wanted turf. It was like, oh, my God, we got this nice turf field. It looks nice. feels good to play on. Going to college, Ball State, we had a really nice, beautiful turf field. You know, a lot of our opponents had turf fields. A few, a few times I would play on grass. But growing up, I always kind of preferred to play on turf. I don't know why. Maybe as a D lineman, it was easier for me to get a good grasp in terms of my my get off my stance. But now I'm looking. I'm looking at all these players coming out. I feel like I was the anomaly. And I and, and obviously we had a doctor on earlier explaining why uh, it's way more dangerous to play on turf versus grass. But it's just something that I never really heard too much about until like these last couple years. Like, am I tripping? Or but is, isn't it the new field turf though, Coach? Uh, he here. Let me, uh, yeah, I'm torn on this thing. I don't know what side I'm going on. I, I, I love that we have Dr. Morris on. He's kind of a proponent against it. Uh, Matt's against it. Brock Aries against it. Will Compton's out here tweeting about it. But then I got guys that I've talked to, like Erlacher, Brian Pollard, um, guys that have won Super Bowl for the Ravens, who's been on this show several times. He's tweeting against it. He's like, it ain't the damn turf. It's a lack of you knowing how to tackle it's the lack of pulling guys down. It's the lack of facing up, which I'm on the side of. So which one is it? Because the turf now is, is costing two, three million dollars to put it in. It's the speed turf, we call it. It's a hybrid mixture of grass and turf. It's it's supposedly the most forgiving of all time. Blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if we really know. I want to lean towards the side of the rules being softer and allowing for you to think too much, and then the body doesn't know how to act. And I don't know if it's just turf. Like, I don't think the turf is the biggest thing. That's my personal opinion. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Uh, I'm going to go lean on a doctor's advice more, but I also want to use my experience. I never had an issue on turf. 
Didn't Napoleon Callum spiral fracture his knee on grass? Yeah, on a Monday night game. I think that was the 94 season opener on Monday night. And yeah, but look, football is dangerous. There's, it's like you want to make boxing safe, you got to ban it. It's the reality. And so you can't. And that's the nature of the beast. But there seems to be, like, as you call it, more soft tissue injuries, more non contact stuff. And you're like, why? Um, I don't Maybe, know. Uh, J- Steve, Joe Seisman cracked his leg on grass. Well, hold on. That was not about grass. That was, that was about Lawrence Taylor kind of breaking well, his ankle in half. I, I don't, that happened, uh, you, you could have been on cotton balls. That, that, that injury would have happened. Trust and me. That's my point. Like, I think that bad luck happens too in this sport, and it's a part of the game. And I don't know if we can just say it's turf. Yeah, I, I mean, again, the players that play, but here's the thing there's a difference in the turf nowadays because you got those rubber pellets that are all over the players' faces when they dive. And I, look, a lot of injuries like Aaron Rodgers, his ankle or foot seemed to be kind of planted with no give. I don't, you know, and again, that you have cleats for a reason, but you got to have some give on that surface. That's a, that's what's a hard game to play. You got to be a special type of human being, even now, to make that National Football League. And, it's, look, injuries are inevitable, but I, I do wonder, do you need to have that discussion? Does every outdoor field need to have grass? Ooh, right man, there. Wow. Matt, you can see it popping his, in his sock. Calf muscle. Yeah, you can see it right there. Boom. Woo! That was a bad I mean, Golly. I don't know. It's hard to say, like. I, does that, I, is that from the turf, though? Right. That th- thanks, JB. Like, that's my thing. Like, that. That same play on the grass, are we saying, oh, it has more give and when it wouldn't have happened? Or maybe. So I don't understand the give part. I want to ask doctor, but to Smitty's point, like, so what? Is his cleat going to sink six inches and just give like water? No. Well, that That's that's what certain, certain people think. But th- you'd have to study this long term. You really would. Like, I'm talking years. You'd have to get actual data points. And then you have to really study it case by case. And you'd have to have a collective thing about how many injuries are happening, how many ACL t- tears, uh, how many Achilles injuries, you know, stuff like that. Like, I remember years ago, no one ever used to get a torn bicep. Right. Right. There was no, I remember growing up, no one ever, I didn't know you could tear a bicep until people started tearing biceps about 20 years ago. Yeah. You know? It's weird though. Like, I, I feel like I never, like you said, I never used to see Achilles injuries, or at least at this rate. In the last like five or so years, basketball, NFL, I just keep seeing it. Achilles, Achilles, Achilles. It's like, is, is it just just a coincidence, or are we just not training our our calf and our quad and our hamstring? Are we not focused on like the little muscles within our legs to prepare? Like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not accusing either way. It just it's it's kind of interesting that we're seeing so many Achilles. T- like we we just saw uh, J.K. Dobbins first week one. Yeah. Out for the season again, another twenty kilos. It's like what it's is not going even on? Achilles, Smitty. It's it's it. Did you see Morse, more more uh, co- Doctor Morris just posted? Uh, what he said, Greg Dolchitz out probably seven to eight weeks because of a hammy. Yep, same hammy like, he heard last year. Ain't no shit like this. And also, you gotta have a symmetry in your body. If you do not, that that's gonna create an imbalance. And look, and if guys are using PEDs and, and certain parts of their bodies are simply too big, that that creates issues too, you know? So there's a lot of things. It's never just one thing. It's generally everything. 
Yep. Nah, I, I definitely feel you, man. I mean, I sucks for the Jets, man. Steve, before you came on, I was telling uh, JB that watching that game, and obviously they still had a very impressive, you know, win, you know, winning it in overtime from a punt return, you know, from a guy who just made the team, you know, a great way, great way to rally. But watching that game, man, it just lets me know, man, this team would have been great. Just looking at that defense, looking at the special team, looking at all the other – the Garrett Wilson catch, Steve. The, I mean, it was a horrible throw by, by, by Zach. Garrett reaches in, tips the ball to himself, catches it. It just goes to show me if they have just even a competent quarterback, this team could be great. And I wonder, what are they thinking now? Are, are they trying to reach out to Phillip Rivers and bring him back? Or is Brady still trying to give it another go? Are they going to try to – do something where they could like get a Jameis Winston who's like not starting for the Saints. Like I don't know what all they're they're capable of doing, <laughs> but there's no way they're they're just going to end this season because they're they're ready they're ready to win now. If they have just at least a decent quarterback, they they could be a playoff team, especially the way the Bills look. I'm not counting the Bills would be in the playoffs now the way they look week one. I just see it being Miami Dolphins and maybe the Jets uh, if they get a quarterback, but I don't know what what the possibilities are. You know, if the Raiders really want to tank, which I guess they do, get in position for a Drake May or Caleb Williams, maybe the Jets call the Raiders and say, what about Jimmy G? Mm. I mean, Jimmy G's game manages the way to a lot of victories. Yes. But if you're going to stick with Zach and he feels, oh, hey, this kid's gotten better, a little bit more mature, and he's back to dating 20-year-olds, as he should, um, you'd have to really – here's what you'd have the game plan would be. You'd have to really rely on Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall to yeah. run the ball and then create specific play action sets and then somehow try to scrounge up 21 points a game and win a lot of games 21 to 10 because the Jets pass rush is scary good. It comes from the inside with Quinnen and then Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald on the outside. You have athletes all over and a shut down corner because once they are able to play from ahead, boy, they are tough, just like the Cowboys. But you know, Zach, Zach's got some moxie, but he does not take care of the ball. The problem with Jameis is, Smitty, boy, he's a turnover machine too, though. He is. He I don't is. know if I could trust him. I, I really, yeah. I mean, the guy went 30 for 31 year, which is the most incredible quarterback stat of all time. Right. I could be on this show today talking about, I want to renege my Super Bowl bet, and, and I want to take the Jets out of it. Obviously, that's going to be a tall task. But I got to be honest. What, what I saw last night um, gave me a lot of optimistic hope that they, if Sala knows what he's doing and he does it the right way, he could take a, a take a page right out of Harbaugh's book, right out of uh, Billick's book in Baltimore um, when they have great defense and a run game like Grease Hall and Cook. They have the pieces. If, if, if the Mormon Milf Hunter can stay consistent, not turn the ball over, and do what Trent Dilfer did, this team has a – Real chance, man. I'm telling you right now. Times have changed, though. Like you said, with the rules, like, can this defense play the way that defense played? I know they're talented, but this with the rules, I don't know. It just, I would love to see it, JB. It would change the game if a defensive led team won the Super Bowl, even made it that far. It would be, it would be a game changer. Hey, Steve, I know I got you like three more minutes. I, I, I got. Yeah, I mean, well, one thing though, Smitty, in terms of the way you play, I would get Dalvin Cook more involved in the in the in the screen game and have him run some stuff the wheel route because he he still has some juice in those legs he is a i've seen him since high school miami central he's always had that special burst in games 
So find a way to, if you're going to give him 20 touches, make it 15 handoffs, but five plays in the throw game to manufacture. Because you can do it, Smitty. You can do the Ravens kind of thing in 2000. But that means you have to be good in the kick game because now you're going to have to consistently flip the field and then play field position football. Yeah, You can do it, but your margin for error, and that's what, because one thing Trent Dilfer did not do for the most part in 2000, which were, which got Tony Banks benched, he didn't turn the ball over. You got to protect that football. Hey, yeah. but the, the Jets are going to have to get into what I call the portal. Um, they're going to have to go yeah. get a quarterback. I don't know who's, who that is. Can uh, they get Cooper gonna, Rush or is it too late? Like, who can they get? I, I'm not talking about a starter. I yeah, think you, they're going to like Yeah. But yeah. I, they have to get a quarterback, and, and and you don't just get any random backup. You're going to have to go get somebody. Like, do you go try to get Kobe Brissett? Do you try to go get a, a, a guy like that who's sitting around not starting Who did the right Cardinals now? cut right, right at the end of the preseason? Uh, my man um, – uh, McCoy. McCoy, no, Colt, I like Colt. Colt's a pro. That'd Colt be a good a one. Pro. Yeah, gives you stability yeah. and he's coachable. Hey, Steve, I gotta get in. I gotta show you this real quick. Uh, I want to get into my Smitty. Don't even know I have this. Ethan, shout out to you. I love doing this without Smitty knowing. Um, <laughs> top ten performing college coaches over the weekend. Uh, we we like to do this every week. I got a top ten performing team, a, a, a top five worst performing team, and then I got my top ten college coaches of the week i want to get both of you guys takes on it uh pull it up right here i got steve sarkeesian smitty um steve going into tuscaloosa getting it done um i'm gonna put Dion at number two for this simple fact it was a rivalry game and you had to get that team to come out in the second half and perform even though shador wasn't clicking on all cylinders early on the defense played well nebraska's quarterback really had no shot at that game. I like Dion's performance after the hype of beating TCU. It's hard to get a team to rally back. I like his performance there. Jake Dickert, um, I like what he did. Lance Leipold, I've talked to Steve about this before. I think he's one of the top three or Great four coach. best in football. Uh, Mike Bloomgren, if you if you didn't get to see what he did, that was a great win. Mario, I thought was a big win. Uh, A&M, obviously. Lincoln Riley, I'm going to put in there because of the fact that they actually played a little defense, and I think he's addressing it. That shows coaching, so I like to see that. And then Kirk Signetti, um, I, I I like what he did. This is the top ten or the top eight. I'm sorry of the week for me, Steve. Anyone you would move around or add in there? Well, obviously, I think Mario deserves a little bit more love, but I like Lance Leipold. If I was him, I would say, okay, Kansas. You can have me for the rest of my coaching career, but I'm going to need some facilities. And there's actually talk of them rebuilding or renovating or making a new stadium. You do that. If I'm Kansas, I said, you got a deal. That's a tough job. It's such a basketball school. They've never really focused on football. And they have one of the most exciting quarterbacks in Jalen Daniels. He should. He's actually a dark horse for the Heisman. He's your modern-day spread quarterback. I really enjoy watching him play. And they have athletes outside with him. Um, so I like Lance Leipold. I think he's a, I think he's an elite coach. Yeah, I agree. I like, Dickert. I, I like Dickert. Washington state. I told everybody watch out for Washington. They're good. State. They're really good. Um, and, and I also like Signetti, James Madison, you know, they, they did it. They did a good job. The Appalachian state coach gets, I don't think gets enough credit. I they could have beat North Carolina for a second year in a row. They came up a little short. Um, but let's go to uh, my top five worst performances, Steve and Smitty. Um, 
Oregon was a disappointment to say the least, Steve. I got him at number one. Well, now, you know wait what? a minute. Primetime game against yep. a team that had lost. Joey McGuire, you knew was going to have them. I think that's – I completely disagree. Now, so a character – primetime road games in college are tough. And but Lump is a tough lose. place to play, and they found a way. What is they Survive and win. Just win one week. They, they got the job done, coach. I they, think Alabama deserves to be number one. You can't, you can't struggle at the end of a game and get a pick six to a team that lost to Wyoming. You're supposed to blow them out. We're now, Steve. Let me, let me, let me ask you a question, Steve, because you know more college football than anybody. Don't you think Oregon put 80 points on Portland State because of the point differential that's needed now for the BCS playoff? So why? Well, would I don't. You, yeah, but look, be flat. you can't be flat anymore, Steve. Or you're not going to get enough. Look, but you you know this is a game of emotion, and Texas Tech you knew was going to be like extra motivated after losing. Alabama, they laid an absolute. And what did I tell people? When you play a Nick Saban team, what do you have to do? You have to challenge them vertically consistently if you have the weapons. And I get it, Texas, a lot of NFL talent. Adonis Mitchell and Xavier Worthy and, and, and Travavion Sanders is an excellent player. And Quinn Ewers, I get it, skilled path. They laid an egg. And, and, and if Nick Saban really thinks Jalen Milrose is going to take him places, he needs to be number – he got – look, that was his first double-digit loss at home. And I don't think they looked that good. I, I think Alabama was disappointing, Coach. Here, here, really. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. See, a lot of people in the chat, Gorian and all these people. And by the way, Utah did not have Cam. The sun is rising. Come on, Coach. Mm. Look, here's my point, though. I'm a West Coast guy, Steve. You're a West Coast guy. You know that the Pac-12 is already looked down to because it's an East Coast bias voted uh, league, uh, world we're in. They're not even watching us. So we got to blow these teams out if we're going to get a team. I, to I'm with you, but look. He's not Whittingham has to buy wins. He has to somehow scrape by before he gets Cam Rising. Once they get Cam Rising back, they're going to go back to being Utah. They're 2-0. and A win I is a win. I told – hey, what did I tell you last and week? And on the road, Coach. You know road games are tough. Hey, I told you last week they would struggle versus Baylor. I said that's the upset right. pick. Aranda's, the hey, Aranda's a good coach. Aranda's solid. But road wins are tough to come by. Come on now. Baylor, Baylor's lost seven straight football games. They have. They've had a tough spot. But Alabama at home got railroaded. By All the right. way, Texas has this freshman named Anthony Hill Jr. That's the next superstar defender. That That's this year's Harold Perkins. All-American to be. All right, let's go. Top 10 performances, Smitty, Steve. Um, here mine are. Here you go, Steve. I got mine. Oh, hey. Hey. Now you got one. Now you got one. Now hey, you got I, one. You know why I had to? Because all the hype that Jimbo brings with the with the thirty million dollar collective and the number one recruiting class. I got off the phone with an offensive co- coordinator at the Power Five level the other night. I was going to try to patch you in because I wanted you to hear this, Steve. He said the reason A and M's thing's not working because of what have I what I said. Two alpha males calling the offense ain't going to work. And then the fact that you see the quarterback getting the play in at the fifteen second mark is because. Uh, Bobby P's calling the play. Jimbo's catching the play and saying, are you sure about this? And there's a debate. And then the play gets to the quarterback. And now you have a Miami team sitting there waiting when you should be trying to get Miami to worry about substitutions, stem in the front, playing faster instead of playing slower. And Jimbo Fisher still stuck in the archives. And I'm, I'm, I guess my Coach, question is. Another thing is 
they brought in a band of mercenaries who only went to A&M for one reason, NIL. Yeah. And when you bring in a band of mercenaries and you don't have a group of soldiers, those guys don't always want to go to battle. And they had one other blue chip defensive lineman, Shamar Stewart, or, or one of them, Shamar Turner, got arrested for playing speed racer. That seems to be an epidemic. Um, you got, I, I always tell the, this, I would say this to young kids, go to the school you want, make the best deal with them. Cause if you're only going to a program or a school for the money, you're going to be miserable. Money is not everything in life. And I know it's easy for me to say, but you're going to get a good deal. If you're good enough, you will get a six figure deal from somebody. Probably at least yeah. go to the school you want and a program you want to commit to, because I don't believe coach that A&M has full buy-in because you have a lot of guys who are only there for the NIL and they probably can't wait to get out. Right. And I thought it showed Miami has buy-in Mario has most of his guys in and you could tell it's a different team. And I got to give Lance Gidry credit, the defensive coordinator. That guy is a rising star. He brings a lot of different packages. And I, again, that's another coordinator hire that crystal ball really hit on. Um, but you know, number one performance though, I will say Texas, if you put them number one, because again, to go into Tuscaloosa, and to put up 34 legitimate points with with no flukiness, and uh, every time that they got hit with the body blow, Quinn Ewers just said, you know what, I got this. I've shaved off the mullet. I look like a real quarterback now. I'm going to be a serious human being, and he just surgically dissected them. I actually think they could be number one too, though. That was a highly impressive victory, and Sarkeesian is now off the hot seat for another two weeks. Good for him. Good for your buddy, old Cuddy Stark. The reason I have Baylor in there, because I know they lost to, to Utah, obviously. The reason I put him in there, um, they came back from losing to a Texas State team, and this is why I'm giving you the coach's perspective of my rankings. They lose to a Utah team that they should have beat, frankly, but they came from losing a to a Texas State team where you sit there and say, this could have been a total blowout. You know, We could have, we could have set, dropped an egg on Utah and just sat there and took it. But they didn't. Aranda got them to play, perform, and show up, uh, albeit they didn't have Cam Rising in Utah. But Baylor, seven games in a row losing, man. Uh, Aranda's going to be the next guy talked about here shoot, soon. Yeah, uh, look, and I like Aranda. And by the way, Notre Dame, South Bend Sam Hartman gives them a chance to win every game they play. And Smitty, coach, when they go into the horseshoe, against Ohio State, they go in with the better quarterback. Don't discount that. Ohio State, for the first time in about a decade, will not have elite quarterback play, at least not right now. McCord, I thought, made some strides in week two. But Notre Dame, with that quarterback, I'm just telling you, I would not be stunned to see them beat Ohio State at the horseshoe. Have you heard about some guy said that Hartman's the most NFL-ready quarterback? I heard somebody say that on the show. I don't yeah, know yeah, was. Mina Kimes, right? Yeah, it might have been Mina Kimes. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but he's a surgeon. You were right. That's a good one. He like he like he he he's, he, he has shown that he does not need that slow mesh. No, that he can just play a, a more conventional system and just release the ball consistently and just play regular quarterback. But uh, his ball placement and his accuracy is elite. And uh, it's going to be a really good second season for my third cousin, Marcus Freeman, half Korean. I don't know if you know that, but oh, he is. Okay, all right. Hey, uh, I'm on Whitlock later on. Um, I was supposed to come on yesterday, but I had to go to the golf thing. I'll be on there later on. Are you on there later? Yeah, I'll be on there later, and we'll talk about some other stuff, and I'll talk to you guys Thursday. 
All right, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. guys. Have a great day. Later. You too. Steve Kim, man. Uh, hey, I put Appalachian State on there too, Smitty, um, because they 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 should have been North Carolina again. Two years in a row, they lost to overtime. App State, man, is very underrated. Has an underrated coach. Uh, runs a hell of a program there. Um, they're a, they're a matchup nightmare for people because they're disciplined, almost like the military schools uh, with their teachings there. And they uh, they they're they're a bad matchup for anybody. They beat A and M and A and M last year. They they play North Carolina tough every year. This is uh just again proven though football is anyone can win any weekend now. Um, but what do I know? Uh, Smitty, you ain't said a lot today. We got to get to uh, and that's on me. I've been, I, I've been oh, on. It's been a hell of a show, man. It's just been listen. I mean, we and you we spoke heavily early on to start the show, and then from there we had a lot of guests back to back to back to back to back. So I'm not tripping at all, man. I mean, Matt Machesi kind of got emotional during the show, which was just a, a moment you could really see that true passion. Which I love, Steve Kim. I just sometimes, man, we days like today, we got we got to let the guests speak. I'm like Magic Johnson, you know what I mean? I ain't gotta always score thirty. Sometimes I'm gonna go out here, hee hee hee, get seventeen assists, ten points, fifteen rebounds, and still get a triple double. As long as we win the game, JB, it's all that matters to me, baby. We got over a thousand in here, and it's been maintained for like the last two hours, just a thousand consistent followers and fans can we talk to the who who in the chat right now man write down what city or state you watching the show from right now i'm trying to see are we global yet are we global put your state oh, real quick and put the city london englanders in here we we global let me know right now where y'all watching the show from hurry up hurry up throw it in the chat <laughs> hey hurry up hurry up rose wabi lick me tap me Fuck. We got Duval, Shout out to D. Jones, man. We got Arkansas in the building. Hey, but Shave, uh, I blocked uh, Supreme Science on accident, so you know how that go, dog. I think you ah. fucked. Free don't know Supreme to... Science, man. Free Supreme Science. I don't know how to get it back. Hey, we disagree, too, but I like the guy. I don't have no problem. I, I tried to block one of these trolls, and I blocked Supreme Science. You got to slow down. Hey, I, I know why it happens, though. Like, if you, if you, if you hover over one name... And yeah. somebody keeps commenting, it like moves yeah. you almost. So yeah. we got to be uh, real slow. Hey, man, let's take a little commercial break, man. A, a little four-minute break or so. I got to take a piss. I got to get my dogs out. And uh, it's been fire show so far. Pound that like. Don't go anywhere. We got a little commercial for you. And uh, we'll be back in about four minutes. Don't go anywhere. Peace. Hey, let's, let's dive into our thumbnail, man. You already teased it. Jake Paul. Nate Diaz, they had to fight this Saturday. I saw a lot of the clips. I ain't going to lie. I did not spend no money on the actual fight. Shout out to Chance Madera, YouTube member. Preach that you, my guy. But listen, I'm not going to lie, man. Listen, I respect the hustle of Jake Paul, the Paul brothers in general. They're from Cleveland, Midwest Cats. They made a name for themselves, started as YouTubers. Now they're businessmen. Jake Paul has became this the face of celebrity boxing, making big-time money. I respect that side of it. I really do. But I don't respect him as a true fighter. I don't respect him as a true boxer. He's not a true, he's not a true fighter. If you understand what he's been doing, he's been fighting old UFC fighters who were past their prime, who didn't make enough money fighting in the UFC for Dana White. So now they're just trying to get a quick bag. So I, I believe some of this stuff is negotiated before that, hey, you're gonna let me win in this round. This is how it's gonna end. And I think some cats maybe it's not negotiated prior, but these cats aren't really going out there training 
like it's the fight of their lives. You mean to tell me you think Nate Diaz trained for this fight the same way he trained to go fight Conor McGregor? Hell no. Hell no. Even the clips I've seen, Nate Diaz is playing around the entire fight, dancing, hands down. Again, is that Jake Paul or yeah, Jake Paul's fault? No. He did what's good. He won. He won. Right. You know what I'm saying, JB? Like, he won by decision. I give it to him. But I can't take you serious. You're not out here fighting true, like, boxers. And the one guy that he that's kind of a boxer that he fought was Tyson Fury's little brother. And he took an L. So the first, the one time you actually fight a semi-boxer, you lose. So I just don't want to hear it, man. Like, just be real. Say what it is. You're a celebrity boxer. You you do exhibitions for fun and for money, and that's what it is. Let's stop trying to call out Canelo. Let's stop trying to call out. I mean, listen, bro, this shit's not realistic. Canelo will beat the hell out of you. Any real boxer, if he fights a veteran boxer who has like 14 wins, like six losses, just a guy like that who's not who's just an average guy in the real boxing world, but he actually does this shit, he will beat Jake Paul's ass. It's the reason why you fight ex uh, MMA guys, UFC guys. Because, again, it sells fights because they got big names. But these guys don't have hands. He fought Ben Askren a couple of years ago, who's strictly 100% a wrestler in MMA. That's all he ever was. He fought Tyron Woolley, great athlete. The guy had very average to below average or mid hands, as JB like to call him, mid. He's a great wrestler. Now, this guy right here, Nate Diaz, was finally a guy who has some de- decent hands when it comes to UFC. But we know UFC hands – it's not nearly the same as boxing hands. And the guy came in there playing around. He wasn't shaved. He had that lower beer belly going on. And I just can't take him serious. Respect the hustle. Don't respect him as a fighter, JB. That's where I'm at with it. All right. I don't, I'm not a boxing guy. Um, I'm not even a like MMA guy. I don't watch that shit. I don't pay for that shit. I'm like, nah. Uh that was the worst fight I've ever seen in my entire life. I've, I've watched enough fights in my life. That's the worst fight I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm like, damn, this is the epitome from what we started the show with. Social media having such an influence over your life that people really will make these guys millions of dollars by buying their pay-per-view. You are paying these two idiots millions of dollars to watch them absolutely basically stink up the sport that used to be really, really good. Now they just made a mockery of it right in front of our very eyes, and y'all paid them for it. <laughs> let's just think, let that sink in. Twitchers, YouTubers, social media guys, TikTokers, you paid for two horrible boxers. Like, I'm going to be honest, the Jake Paul cat looks like he's trained, looks like he's fought. We know he's fought whatever, six fights or whatever, but he won't hey. fight a real fighter. He fights old, washed-up MMA or other streamers or whatever you want to call it. He's never going to be taken serious. Nobody's really going to ever fight him unless the money is just so large. But no one's going to ruin their reputation by fighting him. Like Canelo won't fight that guy. Like Steve Kim said, why? Why would you fight this guy? All right, all right, all right, all right. Look at the little angles. I got the angles cracking. Let me get a full insight. Pound that like button. Subscribe. Become a member, man. I appreciate everybody today, man. One of our biggest shows. We got Texas in the building. We got Detroit. We got the Cayman Islands in the building right now, man. JB, Connecticut. I got Brian Rose from Houston. 
the 313, David LaFleur, Saginaw's in the building. Okay, Saginaw. Arizona. You know we rock with Arizona. Okay. Oh, look at JB with the angles. Okay, JB. Wisconsin. Uh, Vancouver. Hey, we hey, we global, JB. You didn't tell me we was gonna be uh, global I'm when I joined the show. You ain't ready though. You scared. I'm not scared, but you didn't tell me this. You didn't say we was global. I thought we was just local. What? Somebody lying right now. This man said, I'm in Qatar. Stop playing, Jay. It's like 2 in the morning in Qatar. You got to watch this show. Hey, Jay, Jay is in Qatar. He's been in before. What? This is crazy. And the best city I've seen on here the whole entire show is this right here. <laughs> Naptown, the best town. Come on, man. We doing hey, it, Jay. Chino Hills, he right here by the house. Speaking of Chris Jones, he signed a one-year deal. Hey, he did, JB. That's the perfect segue. Chris Jones signs a one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. How impactful is this signing? Now that it's finally done, he'll be showing up for this next game. How does this impact uh, the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward, JB? Hold on, hold on. Before you say that, is this real right here? Independence Jacob, I seen that little country town. Y'all ain't doing nothing over there. Y'all ain't acting for real. You know, you know, there's a bunch of brothers in that town, right? For real, like brother brothers. Yeah. What? I didn't know that. I'm, I'm saying it like it got to be criminals then. Like, <laughs> oh, look, right. I ain't even, I ain't even dict- I ain't even see how you yeah, did that. You don't even, you don't even defend your own people, big I city. See why you played it like that, JB? I, I really don't like that. I don't even like that. You didn't catch it. I didn't catch it because I wasn't even thinking because I, I, I know how my people really is. Now, we got some bad apples in every single race, but I wasn't even thinking that way because I know the people I rock with, we, we making money. We doing things the right way. We, we change communities. That's that's who I want to highlight, J.B. Hey, I'm, I, the reason I say that, though, is, Jacob, is are the football players acting a fool now since I left? That couldn't be, right? Because I'm just saying, it wasn't that way when I was at the motherfucker. But anyway, let's not go there. Um, where are we at with Chris Jones? What did he sign for? Did we did we know what he got dollar-wise? What's going on? I think they're still figuring out the specifics when it comes to the numbers. Last time I checked. Uh, but it, he is signing. Let me see. Two hours ago, Ian Rapport put it out. All pro Chris Jones will sign a one-year deal worth up. To 25 million. The base of 19.5 remains the same, but he has the chance to make up the fines that he's lost and more with his incentives package. He'll be a free agent after the season, but KC also has the tag. So I feel like KC won this um sit out of this battle. I don't know. I feel kind of weird. I'm like, you did all this and still didn't really. Get what you want. Was it a waste of time? Was it a waste? Hey, of time? you was defending him a couple weeks ago. What do you feel about him now? I mean, I just feel like if you're gonna do it, then do it. Like at, at this point, you've already set out the entire camp, the first what game. Point, you man, got the leverage right now. Y'all lost the first game. Turn over. This thing gonna come to goddamn dark side eventually. I'm telling you right now, he's gonna say, "Damn, JB, you actually kind of hit on a lot of this shit you be talking just because you talk crazy. It don't mean it's not true." Now, listen, we might disagree, but I always respect your opinion, JB. Don't get me wrong on that. All I'm saying is this. If you're going to sit out, sit out. Like, pick a lane. It's black or white. Ain't no in-between. You've already sat out this long. You sat out the first game. You have leverage because y'all lost. 
I understand. See, Chris Jones, the problem is he's a good guy, and good guys finish last. He's a good guy trying to trying to play a bad man sport in, in the sense of the guys that sit out, the guys who cause issues, unfortunately, are the guys who get paid. And the guys who want to be the good guys and put team first and 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 show up are the guys who get typically get paid last or don't get paid at all. It sounds crazy, but even I'm telling you, it, it, it's always like that. And I don't know what it is. And I think Chris Jones is a guy who actually likes the team. He actually wants to win. All that, that's good. Like, he's a good team player. But when you're getting your money, it's not about the team. It's about you and your family. And listen, 19.5, he kept the same base he already had. With his incentives, he'll, he'll probably make a little bit more, Um, which I guess that's cool, but it's like, I don't know, bro. Like, what was the point of doing all this then? Like, if this if this was the case, y'all probably could have been came to this agreement before the fucking season started. It, and, then, it, and then, like I said, you slap him in the face by smirking and smiling, sitting in the stands, watching your team lose. Again, dog, it's just piles up onto what the league has become. And it's bad football. It's a bad product. And that is why I say the things I say. I'm not just saying it out of nowhere. It just is this uh it's just a bad look, man. And I don't even know, Smitty, where this league, where this season ends up going. Um, Aaron Rodgers was my MVP pick. Uh, obviously, I got to change that because by default injury, the team I'm not I'm not done on them. I think they're that good. Uh, even with the Mormon Mill Hunter, I think they're that good. If 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 the, if the team decides, okay, now we're not a team to throw the ball over the park, even though we have this special special receiver. Let's start to let's do other things. Isolate and use that one guy to try to get him the ball. I don't know if we can or will, but let's see how it works out. Uh, I still think that team is special on defense. They can run the football with the best of them. Their O line, I think, is going to be all right. Um, but it's just discouraging. Can Salah lift the 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 troops to to not be so discouraged? Um, that's going to be what it comes down to. Bro. I can still see them winning like eight, nine games, you know, realistically, but I just don't see them. There's no way in hell you mean to tell me that they're going to be a like an AFC championship, Super Bowl caliber team without uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers there at the quarterback position. I just, I just don't believe – unless they make a big move and they somehow get, like I said, a a solid – you know, even a Colt McCoy, who, again, respected, knows the game, like won, won games with the Cardinals, which it says a lot. You get a guy like that, I'm like, all right, you 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 might be able to make some shape, you know, and kind of. But right now, I just don't think Zach Wilson is ready. And me and you both, I think we agree that we believe long term Zach Wilson still has a lot of key ingredients to become a pretty good quarterback, especially if he can sit behind Aaron Rodgers. But he's not ready right now, in my opinion. Now, hey, I'm he, on record. I said he'll be the most vile, most sought after quarterback in the offseason to go to one of these teams that underachieve like the Cowboys if they do or right. like the Bill or not the Bills because he's in a kind but like because Dak will probably be on his way out of Cowboys if they don't win this because there's rumors coming out of the locker room that, that he has to perform not only from the player side but from the management side like he we've seen this movie before uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you're not going to go with Kyle Trask why not why not go with the Mormon milf hunter Right. Like there's there's other teams out there that you could you could sit there and be like, all right, there's there's some room for him. But now he's a jet, it looks like. And he's home. He's he's got a camaraderie there. The players like him. Uh, 
I this is now. Maybe you step up now. Last night, I'm not going to judge his performance on what I think he can be this season. Right, right. Because he was in relaxed mode, getting to watch Aaron, who he's really admired over the, the whole duration of being here. He's a he, he. He. I thought he was in total relaxed mode, and then oh shit happens, and you got to run in there. It's going to take you some time to get acclimated to say shit. Now I'm back on all eyes on me. And plus, the game plan was built for Aaron Rodgers, not for him. Yeah. Uh, you know what whole, I mean? Whole game changes. And you got a guy that you brought there, the offensive coordinator, who's calling the plays with Aaron. Right, right. So. Hey, Chris, I don't know what's going on. I saw the Discord. You said that. I don't know why you can't become a member. I think there's a new tier. Can you get out of the old one, maybe? I don't know why they're not letting you. Is anyone else having issues with becoming a member? Because that's something that we would need to know ASAP so we can get that figured out. We definitely want to move on as many members as possible. And Chris has been a long-time supporter since before I've even joined the show. So we definitely want you to, to, to get your membership back, Chris. So keep us updated on that um, for sure. Same here. Okay. I don't know if that's in response to the membership or something else. So, yeah, just let us know. Keep us posted. You know, if it's someone on our end, we'll figure that, figure that thing out. Um, JB, I did want to move on to a, a certain segment that I don't even know if I told you about. I don't have graphic representation for it, but I kind of want to give my week one awards out uh, for just the performances. I know we talk about a lot of bad football, but within that bad football, there were some highlights and there were some good football. So I just want to, you know, show some love to some some of these guys and teams. Hey, I think hey, that's, well. that's what's happening, Chris. I think Chris is a member of another tier, just like Henry is. And until October, that tier ends, you can't become a new member of the new tier. So I think that is what's going on. Um, send send along for October first, y'all. Yeah. Hey, Jamar Rankin, uh, are you a one hitter quitter, homie, in the bed with your girl? You must be a one pump trump. You must be a one pump chump. Cause I I gotta be honest, like y'all judging one game, y'all judging Joe Burrow after one game because y'all Chief fans are mad. Mahomes look mid. And then you come after me because Daniel Jones looked horrific with the worst O-line in football in the rain. Like, come on, dog. It's one game, homie. Where were you at? JB, be real though, JB. Hold on. Time out. I got I got to defend. You was at Mahomes' neck, and you was at the Chiefs' neck after that one game. So when this shit happens to your oh, man, man, expect the same result. You said Mahomes was mid. You said you said you said he was in Chicago. You said he was in Chicago. This is the, the Mahomes we will see every week. All okay, right, say so what you just said again. Saddle. Say what you just said again. You said if he was in Chicago, if he was in Chicago, we would see every week. Is okay, but is that not a shot? No, it's not a shot. That's true. That's I what mean, I've been it, saying it, for it, three years. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not it's objective, is what I'm saying. Like, there's no way to prove it. Y'all are talking about one week. I've been on my homes for four years. I've been the same motherfucker for four years. What Jamar Rankin ain't been the same motherfucker for four years. This fake ass chump in the chat, homie. He wants to pick one game and come after me. I've been doing this shit for four years about Mahomes, saying if he was in Chicago, he'd be mid. So don't don't say I just said it after one game, dog. I've been saying this shit about all these guys. I called Daniel Jones the best comeback player of the year last year, did I not? Before the season, and guess what? He was the best comeback player of the year. Mm. So where's that at, Jamar Rankin? Where you at, homie? 
Why, why you ain't calling out the shit I get right? After one week, you're going to come after me because Burrow had a bad game and Daniel Jones looked like shit. Then where's all the Josh Allen motherfuckers at when I said he's an overhyped mid? I don't see you in the chat today, homie. I don't see all your motherfuckers in the chat today. Where y'all at? I've been saying this about Josh Allen for three years, homie. Where y'all at? Keep cooking, JB. Oh, Keep cooking, JB. Jamar Rankin, you a bitch, homie. Straight out. I'm just telling you straight up. Come holler at me, homie. All you cats in here think you know more than me. No shit. Because you can't get on the board with me. You can't show me receipts like I do. And all you do is type, motherfucker. Holler at me. Freddie Max, holler at me. I see you on Instagram, little buster. Holler at me. Motherfuckers don't have receipts. Y'all can't keep them like me, homie. Stop playing with me. I had the Fanny Mall. I had the Fanny Mall. I had the Fanny. That Compton came out, y'all. Y'all didn't y'all didn't gotta unleash the beast. This is your fault, chat. I'm blaming you. I've been keeping JB nice and calm and cool. he been nice all show. And y'all pissed him off. This is on hey, you. Gotta still, you got to keep it real. Like, you got to have a real shit. Don't, don't come at me about some one-time shit, homie, when you're all quiet for three years when I'm right. Come on, homie. Keep it real. If y'all say you're real, keep it real. Don't come at one game, Big Smitty. I've been saying the same thing about Mahomes. I'm the only one standing on the same hill every single week. Am I not? I hear you. You've been consistent. You've been consistent, JB, through the good and the bad, I don't man. change up, dog. I don't change up like some of y'all dirty draws. Man, man, man. I respect that, man. But let me dive into my week one award before the show ends, man. My MVP of week one has to go to Tyreek Hill. 11 catches, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. The man said he wanted to go for over 2,000 receiving yards this, this year, which I think will be the first time in NFL history. And uh, it sounded crazy at the time, but one hell of a way to start off the season, man. 215, two touchdowns, 11 catches. He was balling out. And in the office of player of the week, we don't have to go too far. It's his teammate, the man that was throwing him the ball. Has to go to Tua. He went 28 for 45, passing 466 yards, three touchdowns. You could say Tyreek Hill is, is the reason for a lot of that. That's cool, but I don't know too many great quarterbacks who didn't have great weapons around him. And hey, you still got to get the ball to the, your playmaker's hands. And he did that at a high level and ended up winning the game. Offensive player of the week for me has to go to Tua. When the man's healthy, they win games. He makes plays. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, bar none. Now, most impressive rookie quarterback of week one. We know all the rookie quarterbacks that got drafted, the C.J. Strouds, the Bryce Young. We we know all the quarterbacks that people were high on. But the guy who performed the best was my guy, Anthony Richardson, AR5. He went 24 for 37, 223 passing yards, one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown. He did have the one pick, but, man, I think he shocked the world, man. I'm telling you, J.B., everybody in their mama was telling me how bad this kid was how horrible the film was in college, how 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 pathetic he may look in this game one, and he might get benched, and this, that, and the third. And this guy went out here and played very, very well within the system. And might I add this too, JB, he played better than a lot of y'all favorite quarterbacks. Let's keep it real. 
He played better than Danny Dyes. Hey, he no, played better than Joe Burrow. He played better than Josh Allen. He played better than my guy, Lamar Jackson. He played better than Justin Fields. He played better than half the quarterbacks in his first game of his NFL career. So we are going to pay some respect to AR5 today on this show if I got something to say, say about it. Play, play, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Jordan Love played way better than AR5. Uh, he ain't a rookie. He ain't a rookie. I know, I know. I'm just saying quarterback-wise. Um, but I would call Jordan Love a rookie because the motherfucker is basically playing as a rookie. <laughs> I hear um, you. He's been a leave too long. I can't hey, do that. I, I, I know. You're right. Here's the thing. I got to ta- I gotta say this, Vinny. Um, yeah. A lot of cats in the chat are going to say you got Homer glasses on, dog. You know that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You have the right. You have the right. I'm just telling you. You already know what's happening out here. People in the chat can say what they want, JB. Just like Jamar said something to you, and you see how you went off. I don't be listening to the chat like that. I listen to what's real in the chat, but what's fake in the chat, it goes in one ear out the other. If you watch the tape and you watch the game and you see the stat line, you look at all the other rookie quarterbacks, the only other rookie quarterback that you can even make an argument that you could say was at that level was C.J. Stroud, who had a decent game, had 200, I think, 40-some passing yards, one of the, the most passing yards by a rookie quarterback in their first game ever. I give them that. But overall, man, I thought AR5 just played a little bit better within the system scored two touchdowns, and almost beat a Jaguars team who's ever, who everybody is very high on and who expected them to be one of the top AFC teams this year. They were in the game all the way to the fourth quarter, point blank period. He has, he has to do a better job of sliding and taking less hits, which that's something that comes with experience. But the system that Shane Steiger put together, which was a perfect fit, I think AR5 looked poised. He wasn't panicking. He made the right simple reads, the simple throws, did what he was supposed to do. Point black, that's all you can ask for from a rookie quarterback. One more award here. Uh, I got hey, though. He didn't even finish the game. He got hurt, dog. He's gonna get hurt. He's not. Maybe it was a it was a minute left. He could have went back to the game. Coaches took him out. Game was over. Shots, he gonna slide, JB. He gonna, he learned. He learned his lesson. I talked to AR. I ain't talked to him, but he. I got people on the street who talked to him. He gonna slide next time, JB. We hey. good. <laughs> hey. CJ Stroud looked by far more superior NFL quarterback than AR5. No, he did not. No, he did. You're just biased because you you like a certain play style, which I which I respect. But at the end of the day, it's both ways to skin a cat. AR5 oh, looks like good at his play. system. I like, I like a style that is sustainable because I'm going to pay them a lot of money to play the game. That's what I like. I like a guy that's sustainable, that can play every game and move the ball and win me games. When you're not playing the game because you're hurt, I don't like that guy. <laughs> All I'm saying is text, the Texans wasn't even in the game. Early on they were. Look at the score. They weren't even in the game. My quarterback did a good enough job to actually win, almost win the game. So I'm going to go with that because we know this game is about wins and losses, and wins and losses is a quarterback stat. So that's what I'm going with. I got two more shout-outs right quick. I got the most dominant performance. I'm going with the Cowboys. I know you Cowboy fans going to love this, but I got to pay my respect. 40 to 0 shutout. Block the field goal for a touchdown. Seven sacks on your boy Danny Dimes. The most since 1994 when the Cowboys had nine sacks. And we know how good that team was in the 90s. Um, Ball the fuck out. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better performance overall as a team. And then the last quote-unquote award is the most disappointing performance, which has to go to Josh Allen. Three horrible, horrible interceptions, two of which he just threw it down there. I don't know what he was thinking about, JB. I don't know what was going through his mind. He just literally threw it down the field, and all three picks went went, went to the same guy. I can't think of his name, the safety. 
uh, big time plays there. Then he fumbled a snap. Whitehead. Whitehead. Shout out to Whitehead. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for that. Four turnovers by Josh Allen, who most guys look at as a top three quarterback in the NFL. I think we need to reevaluate how we look at the top quarterbacks. This man might not even be top 10. I'm done with my awards, man. If y'all got a problem with it, take hey. your mama. I don't care. That's my list. And I'm going to stay hey, we'll, uh, we'll take some time to talk to the chat. Jamar Rankin said, I like who I like. I'm biased. Well, actually, I would I would say you're wrong. I say that I keep it 100 with everything I say in here. Regardless of who I like or don't like, I tell you the good, the bad, and the, and the indifferent about everybody. But I want to address... Freddie Mac, he said, uh, I can't admit when I'm wrong. So when do you admit when I'm right? Mm. <laughs> I just want to ask that, Freddie Mac, since you know so motherfucking much. I want to know when you admit that I'm right about 99% of the time. The 1%, the Daniel Jones has a horrible week one. Burrow has a horrible week one. I love it, dog. Everybody comes after me. Week one. But I've been talking about this stuff for years, but nobody said nothing. Anyway. You know what, JB, though? I'm glad you mentioned that. It's funny, though. That's just how the world works. We only focus on, like, the negative or the the moments where I can say I told you so. Because let's say Danny Dimes balls out next week. Joe Burrow balls out. Like, everybody who you predicted will play well, let's say they all balled out next week. You're going to have so much ammo to go back at everybody who's going at your neck. If I'm you, JB, I would keep receipts. The same way Coach Brown said I'm keeping receipts. You keep receipts on the chat. Because if your guys ball out, you have a lot of ammo to go back at these guys. And I guarantee, well, I don't guarantee, I'd be shocked if these same guys who are going at you will actually shout you out. But you know what? JB called it. He did it. We'll see. I could well, be wrong, happening. though. Yeah, it's happening. I'm getting that. I'm seeing those now. So I'm already, people are already starting to see it. Even like mainstream media people are like, man, JB been saying this shit for some years. Is it just now coming to fruition? Like, right. is Josh Allen showing what JB been saying for a couple years now about mediocrity is the new excellence? And we're just accustomed to seeing great freaking natures out there hurdling guys. And we think that's quarterback play. Listen, people think I only show Lamar Jackson when he's bad or da da da. If you've been watching my Instagrams and Twitter for the last few years, dog, I've shown everybody from Carson Wentz to Derek Carter to a. Come on, miss me with the bullshit. It ain't. I'm I'm an equal opportunist asshole, and I'm a realist. I'm going to show everybody. And I showed Daniel Jones the other day talking about. Did I not post a tweet about Daniel Jones saying, "Can anybody just hit the fifth step of the drop and throw the ball? Why is Daniel Jones running around all over the place? Like, is he white or black? Oh, okay. So don't talk to me about white and black bullshit. The bottom line is the quarterback in totality. Nobody can hit the top of their drop and throw a ball other than Aaron Rodgers, who now we won't see maybe ever again. So the end of it is what may be here. The end of this great quarterback era, uh, as, as far as getting the ball, throwing the ball in time, is probably over. I just want to ask you, Smitty, do you really sit there and watch? Like, I want to ask you a real question. I will break down Burrow's bad game, and I broke down Burrow's bad games before if you watch the show. So when I get the new film, I will be breaking down these quarterbacks. But, Big Smitty, you got to sit here with a straight face and tell me, and I'm asking you an honest question. AR5 drops back and guns a dig route on fifth step and hits one of your better receivers, Pierce, or whoever it is, over the middle, 
and he catches in stride and goes up the other high ass and 80 yard touchdown. Would you rather see that or see AR5 drop back, don't like it, pump fake, spin, and then run around in the backfield and then possibly get hurt? Like you're telling me that's good football, homie? Really? No, I mean, I'd much rather see the first option. All right? It's the more efficient option. Is the one that is more sustainable. I, I I guess what I'm saying, though, JB, is if the entire league, the entire league has changed and we're seeing much more of these quarterbacks freestyle, not be on time, because, like, that's how the game has changed. It, so if majority of the league is that, well, that type of play will start to win Super Bowls because that's what we have. For example, NBA, and I, and I know I keep going back and forth. I think there's, there's some correlations. In the NBA, for the longest, a three-point shooting team can't win at all. Like, that only makes sense. You got to play through your big man. You got to go go to the paint. Well, Steph Curry changed the game. They showed that, no, you can win this way. So what I'm saying is I see a lot of similarities in the football space where, yeah, it looks different. It might not be as efficient. It might not be as um, by the book, as basic fundamental, like, you know, as, as Tim Duncan as you would want, want it to be because these guys are so damn athletic and they've never had to be traditional because of how great their athleticism is. But since majority of the league is turning to that, we have no choice but to start seeing that version of a quarterback win. So if I have a quarterback that fits that mode and has some great athleticism and, and great feel, and he's actually putting us in position to win games, at the end of the day, JB, as a fan, I want to win. And if you win, we win, win by running, by throwing, by kicking, by rolling on the ground. If we win the game, I don't care. I think it's a playoff game. Uh, I think during our Super Bowl run, we played the Ravens, I believe. Adam Vinatieri kicked five field goals and won the game. I don't care. We don't look back and say, oh, Peyton Manning. None of that. We won the game. We played to win the game. That's all I care about. And AR5 in game one put us in position to win the game. So that's my honest answer, JB. That's my honest I, answer. See, I, I, I look at it deeper than you, though, because I look at it as, okay, are we playing to win one game or are we playing to win the Super Bowl? Like, you can't just play to play one game and play reckless like you are playing in this league as a young quarterback in totality and expect to play multiple games and continue to be – in it for the long haul and give your team the best opportunity to win Super Bowl. You can't do it. Lamar Jackson's proving it in front of our very eyes in the last five years, dog. Like, why am I a hater? Why am I a hater because I call out Lamar Jackson digressing every year? Why am I a hater that I call out Josh Allen digressing every year? He's regressed. It's not a, it's not a debate. It's not an argument. It's not a hater. These guys are digressed, have have digressed like bad. But we also have seen mobile quarterbacks make it to the big game. Now, you can argue if they won it or not, but we've seen a Jalen Hurts make it to the big game last year and outplay Patrick Mahomes. We've seen a Cam Newton make it to the big game. Obviously, he lost. But I'm saying if you can get there, you can win it. You know what I'm saying? Max Hess in here. Max, you there? We got Max Hess. Oh, he did call in. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? Hey, man, I just I just had to call in real quick. I love the show, man. JB, Smitty, y'all do a great job, man. Every morning I'm up. I work early, so I just had to – the best quarterback this weekend to me, and uh, I hate to say it because I can't stand this team, man, but when it comes to mechanics and getting the ball out on time and, and really being a, a, a field general, I got to give it to Matt Stafford this weekend, man. He, he diced my Seahawks up. It was hard to see. He did it with a bunch of nobodies. And 
I mean, when it comes to, I mean, there's levels to this. JB, you know, Smitty, you know, there's levels to this quarterback shit, man. And I agree with everything you guys say every morning. I got to give to Stafford, though. And it sucks to say, man, but he looked great. He got the hey, ball I out agree. on time. He bought out. Yeah, I and, agree with you, man. That's a good take. Uh, appreciate you, Max, hey, calling appreciate in. Appreciate y'all, man. man. I, I, I like the shades, my guy. I like the shades. Appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> much love, much love. Have a hey, hey, real quick though, here's my take. I, I mentioned Stafford uh, on yesterday when I said I gave him a B plus, I believe, or A minus grade. Here's the take about it. Aaron Rodgers got guys contracts. I used to say to you last week, I we, we were talking about this. Aaron Rodgers has gotten guys contracts. Big time Tom Brady has gotten guys contract. Quarterbacks make nobodies at receiver, somebodies. Right. And that is the true definition of a quarterback that is really, really different. Right. I haven't seen Mahomes get wide receivers big contracts. I haven't seen Josh Allen get wide receivers big contracts. I've seen the Buffalo Bills give a guy a big contract, and that guy is pissed off every day at the world because he's not getting the ball. So, like, I haven't seen these guys make guys better. Matthew Stafford's made guys better every single year, every single place he's ever been. And he made three nobodies the other day. We want to call nobodies. They're in the NFL, but it's it's a it's a slap in their face to call them a nobody. I think they're fucking pretty good, but we don't know their name, right? It's a not they're not a common household name. But Stafford, shout out to my guy Puka, Puka, threw, he threw guys open. He threw guys in windows, anticipatory windows that most guys in the NFL don't do anymore. And that is the last. Kind of him and Aaron Rodgers, like I've been saying, have been kind of the last ones that since Tom Brady retired that do it. Burrow. I Kirk, Kirk Cousins does it, but he's not that guy. Burrow. Uh, Jared Goff does it. Burrow, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying Burrow's the new generation. Gotcha. I'm talking about yeah. the older guys. These are the last couple guys. Burrow is 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 taking the the Tom Brady and kind of yeah, you're right. Better you're right. athletically gifted Tom Brady, if we will, but. He's also, man, I said it before the show, you know, this guy's been uh, hurt quite often. Burrow's hurt too, man, quite often. Uh, he's not the – we're not only talking about the running quarterback. We're talking about everybody being hurt, and that's my total point about the NFL and all these soft tissue injuries, all these injuries. Uh, let's take real quick, real quick before we go, because uh, when guys pay money, we got to answer their questions at least quickly. Tyler Riddle said, what's your thoughts on the Alabama QB situation? Um, for me, man, ah, it's, it's kind of like we've been going back and forth. JB got some uh, information from, uh, uh, who was it? Like, uh, our guy T. Rich about, you know, the mindset of the quarterback and how he was trying to figure out ways to get better even when he wasn't playing. So we like the mindset, but the mindset isn't correlating to the on-the-field play. At least last week it wasn't. So, man, it's kind of mixed emotions, Tyler. I'm, I, I, we're, we're pulling for the kid, but I just don't know how great he really is, man. We got a call yeah. here right now. What's going on, my guy? What's going on, brother? Not, not hey, much, what great, great show, by the way, guys. My my voice is hoarse because of the fact that my Longhorns did go into Tuscaloosa, took care of business. Yeah. Uh, they, I'll be honest with you guys. There's there's a point that they should have put up 20 more points on Bama, but let's be honest. It's a good win. We're going to play against Wyoming, who did beat Tech. Fuck Texas Tech and fuck Brett Yormark, by the way. Uh, but here's my deal. The NFL is abysmal right now, just like what you and Matt and everybody else is saying right now. Quarterback play is at an all-time low. 
it is fucking horrendous, you know? And I've been telling people this since day one that quarterback play is horrible, horrible. I grew up watching Brady, Manning, uh, the second Manning, you know, Eli, Manning, Eli, Eli everybody, everybody, man. And it's just, it's just horrible, you know? And as a, as a former NFL fan, I say that now because all I care about is fantasy as far as that. I don't really pay much attention to it. Anyway, hey, is, is that, is that an issue though? Don't you think fantasy is kind of diluting the true love of this game? Yeah, and we're thinking absolutely. I, 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 I do think it is a big issue as far as that. I mean, you got you got players betting on different teams. You got the Calvin Ridley's of the world, but there's also the massage parlor uh, Deshaun Watsons out there, you know. So I'm just like, how are yeah. we going to suspend one guy for a whole season when he gets like three or four games? You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, a lot, no. It's definitely a lot, my man. And uh, shout to your to your Texas Longhorns for getting a big win and. Uh, Hey man, appreciate you have a good time season. Appreciate it. Joe Cord, what's up, Joe? You're you're muted, Joe. You're we muted. Can't hear Joe. You, Joe. We right. can't hear you. I'm back. Looking in. like the Grinch. I'm back in. I'm I'm the Grinch. Um, first of all, JB's laughing at me. This is great. Um, first of all, the start of the show, JB, thank you very much for touching on the veteran stuff that's and all the wounded warrior stuff. That's awesome. It uh it's huge. Hey, shout out to Joe, man. Joe dropped a donation yesterday. Uh to Pat's dad and the and the Wounded Warrior uh, golf tournament um, online. So shout out to there Joe. Was, there were tournaments. There was one in Coronado and the one we were at. So my I had some sailors that I used to work with at the one in Coronado. Anyways, we're gonna go back to this this uh, this topic real quick. Um, so the Aaron Rodgers thing. I'm not gonna beat a dead horse, but I'm looking at Nathaniel Hackett's situation. So obviously, I think. We're not stupid. He was brought to Denver. They were going to try to lure, try to lure Air Rod in. He didn't come. I think they tried to do maybe the same thing with the Jets. They probably thought they had a question of it. But looking back at the quarterbacks that uh, Hackett has has dealt with um, in in Buffalo back in 2013, Kyle Orton, his Jacksonville Jaguar days was Blake Bortles. Um, obviously, he went to uh, Green Bay and had time with Aaron. And then he went to obviously he went to Denver and had Russell and then went right. back to New York and had Aaron. So I'm looking at all these guys and they're all pocket quarterbacks. And now we got Zach Wilson. Um, so my question, coach, is this going to expose Nathaniel Hackett even more? Because we knew that A-Rod is basically calling these plays or the majority of these plays, they showed it on the, uh, or he was gonna, um, I mean, he only got four plays in, he probably called all four. But I think that with Hackett's around more pocket passing quarterbacks, and I, I feel like what the Jets are going to need to do is they're going to have to run that damn ball. They're going to have to use their two quarterback system or their two running back system with Dalvin and Brees Hall. We saw it last night. We saw 127 from uh, from Brees and 33 from, from Dalvin. But then Zach Wilson is going to have to have packages where he runs too. I don't think Hackett has – these kind of packages in his, or he maybe does, but not as much. So what do you see going forward in terms of Nathaniel Hackett maybe being overwhelmed by this situation? And, and Good question. Good question. Um, 
We're gonna we're gonna address it as we end the show. We're past time. Thanks, Joe. Uh, listen, he's gonna be exposed again as the Denver Broncos head coach. <laughs> that is what he's gonna be. Like that is what he's gonna be. And unfortunately, you gotta have a dude. And Nathaniel Hackett has benefited from Aaron Rodgers, just as McDaniel's has benefited from Tom Brady. If a coach coaches these guys, they get head coaching jobs. And then if they get fired, they go back and be in a they'll, – they'll get back to being an offensive coordinator. He only is there because of Aaron Rodgers. And I I, I don't even know, Big Smitty, if I'd be, if I'd be remiss or shocked uh, – remiss to say, but shocked if they fired a dude game 11 because they're horrible. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then you're blackballed because now you're the problem. So – Right now. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, very interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a tough season to watch. I, I predict it now. It's going to be a hard, hard season to watch. Um, but it is what it is, man. Um, we're pa- we're 10 minutes past, Mitty. M- much love. Great show. Buddy Moon with the dog. Shout out. Everybody in here for showing up. Uh, appreciate everybody. Somebody just called in, I think. Uh, but we'll get to you tomorrow. We'll take calls all week long, man. Pound the like, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. Um, and uh, we will see you in 21 hours, God permits. Uh, don't <laughs> go anywhere every single day. Any last words, Smitty? Man, hey, be blessed. Be grateful. Hard work pays off. And, man, this is the best show on the internet. Big time guests coming all week long. Erlacher coming yeah, on. Yeah, Friday, Erlacher Friday. Right, Erlacher Friday. Jennings. Thursday. And we got T Rich Thursdays and we got Matt coming back on. It, it, hey, we got the best show on the internet, man. Tell your friend to tell a friend to tune in, become a member. We'll be back in the morning. Love y'all. I gotta go eat and work out. <laughs> we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missed and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB.